So, um, what are your favorite moped sounds? I don't know, like touch a fly, was it moving? Like, no, nah, feel pretty locked up. Sounds like a fuck, dude. Oh boy! Wop, wop, wop. You fucking blew it. <laughs> <laughs> Ugh. Dude, welcome back, guys, to Moving Money Podcast. <laughs> Episode 200 and I don't remember something up there. <laughs> um, luckily, this podcast is not recorded via video because I just took my shirt off. because It's hot as hell in this room and nobody needs to see that. <laughs> I mean, somebody can see that. Also, I know it didn't happen in the intro, so I'm going to do it for you. There we go. Yeah, I'm right behind you. I got you. <laughs> All right. I was like, like I just ate dinner and I just had like a Coke and I'm like, uh, like I'm full. Like, you know, when you're like eating like some pasta or something and you ate it and like you're looking at your plate and there's like the little bit amount that you have left isn't enough for another meal or snack or whatever. And I'm like, uh, I should, I should, I should probably just stop right here. But but that's not enough to like eat it later. So then I'm gonna waste it. I should just finish it. And I did that. <laughs> yeah, you gotta, gotta get those ones out. Oh yeah, dude. And I I am not feeling <laughs> I'm not feeling it right now, dude. I'm like the pasta has expanded. Yeah. Well, we we can just like take a little nap time if you want. Like, dude, I I actually took a nap today. Like, I don't I don't I'm, I really dis like I dislike naps. Cause like I feel like I'm wasting time. Like I feel like there's something else I should be doing, which there is. There's always something else I should be doing, and I'm just like, but it, but it got a hold of me today, dude. I was like sitting on the couch and I'm watching like, dude. I was watching like uh training videos for work. Like we have this new piece of equipment coming, and I'm watching like sitting on the couch at home in my free time watching training videos. Like I gotta get ahead of this. Like someone's gotta know what's going on when this thing shows up, <laughs> and <laughs> and I'm and like, and it's definitely not gonna be time to like watch this at work. And like I'm watching it, and I'm just like tired, and like my like I'm like I'm gonna I'm gonna lay on the couch and watch this. And I woke up like two hours later, just like where am I? What happened? <laughs> I mean, yeah, I feel like that's like classic setup where you're going to have some like crazy fucked up dream about the, the new piece of equipment and like, you know, so it's it, like E2 or something. I don't know. Yeah, I was like, dude, it was it was not good. I was like, damn it. I just wasted two hours. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I've always been terrible at napping. It's, it's I got to sleep all night or nothing. Yeah, and I was like, dude, the sun was like, sun was decent today too. Like Richmond, like I rode to work yesterday, and I was like, dude, this is sick. Like it was sixty. It's January, and it was sixty degrees in Richmond. I was wearing like t shirt and rode rode my moped to work, and I'm like, this is awesome. Yeah, like I went, I'm, like I'm cutting some random trails, like in the like beside my house. There's like this little like walking path, and like in the walking path, like I've noticed like this like little like little like you know trail like slightly trail like kind of going over this little hump into the woods and i was like so i went and explored it the other week and i was like dude what's this and i like 
you know, cut up in there. I was like, you know, I was walking in with my wife or something. I was like, ooh, dude, I'm gonna come back here with my notepad. I came back and I and I rode up in there and there's like some like fort, some like homeless person was making or something, like, you know, a uh-huh. bunch of like down trees, like lean to kind of thing going. The hop out. And I was like, but yeah, yeah, but I was like, but like no one's been using it. Like yeah. it's just like back there. And I'm like, oh, well, that's interesting. And I was just like, dude, this little this cool little cut in, man. Like I'm gonna like start like going back there with my dirt bike and like some like you know, my, my little, like, you know, weed whacker or something and cut out like a little trail to play with. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's how the best trails get started. Right. You just like, what's up there, you know? And- yeah. And it, and it's a good one. Cause it's like, it's not like going to piss anyone off. Like we ride the, like the mountain bike trails yeah. and every once in a while, like we'll go out there like five deep or something, but like the boys will be out there on the bicycles and they, sometimes they're like, Oh, whatever. And sometimes they're not happy with us. Yeah. There's, um, out here we got the bay bridge and there's like a span for bikes only from oakland to treasure island they didn't complete the like treasure island to san francisco stretch Mm -hmm. but like people definitely have jammed mopeds across to treasure island but i'm way too chicken chip for that like i'm not (laughs) not cool enough Like you think they'd be like, wait, the, the man be fucking the popo be waiting at the other side? Like, <laughs> I mean, you know, it's Oakland, so I doubt they really give a shit. But, um, yeah, I mean, the the real shit is like, you got to take your bike across the actual car span of the Bay Bridge. That That's like the, the gold standard of, you know, because it's, it's just like six lanes, 50 mile an hour speed limit. Like, you can do it. But yeah, it's a little scary. It's scary uh, on a motorcycle. Like, I don't know. It's windy up so, there. But before we before we dive too deep, guys, we're gonna we're we're gonna like. Uh, why don't you tell everyone who you are, and where you're from? <laughs> oh yeah, we we didn't even do that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my name is Calder. Uh, I'm in Black Black represent, and uh, I work at Treats. Yeah, Cali boy. Mm-hmm. So, you, so. I'm always like, I always like, I feel like the bridge, like the Bay Bridge or, or like fucking Golden Gate or whatever the fuck, like that, that epic moped thing you see, you know, cover of Treat Magazine, or I mean, that magazine, the fucking, you know, website and everything, like the sick photo. And you're just like, this is epic. And I, you see it in rally videos, and I've seen it like for years. And I, like, I've never been out there to do it. But I'm like, is, at this point, is it is it a staple? Is, you think it's like something like they ha- like this mandatory? Like if there's a rally in California, like or I'm mean, in San Francisco, you guys have to go across the bridge. I think there's pretty much always at least a Golden Gate Bridge run because the Golden Gate Bridge is like super moped friendly. Actually, it's it's bad if you break down, but they have like dudes like they have tow trucks like and for people to break down. So that's not usually a problem. And they're usually just like, yeah, just throw it on the pedestrian path. Like the speed limit on Golden Gate Bridge is like 35. So, you know, I think uh, my first ever rally, it was like Creatures Labor of Love in like 2016. Uh, I think we rode like at least 100, maybe 130 deep across the uh, Golden Gate Bridge into Marin and Marin was way less stoked on it than San Francisco. <laughs> yeah. If anyone remembers that rally, we, we all got pulled over by like one cop out like in the headlands. Ah. But then you realize like I'm one guy, there's like 150 people here and he just started like screaming at us and calling us stupid, but then he couldn't do anything. <laughs> yeah. 
That's like always the worst. I feel like when like when a when a pack gets pulled over by one cop and like you feel everyone feels kind of like there's either there's two ways. Like some people are just like God, we we I feel super lame right now that we let this one cop pull us all over. Like and then there's people that are like super respectful. Like guys, come on, man, cut it out. We gotta like get out of this. You know? Yeah, I was I was on like it was like a stock Hobbit with like a Proma and a TJT. It was like nothing fast. Like, yeah. and I was, I was next to uh, Christmas, the boy, and he had ridden some crappy motorcycle there, like across the country. And he was just going to like ditch it at mm-hmm. the end. Christmas was fully ready to just start dipping. Like he was, he was, he like pulled in sideways, like ready to like jump out the other way. Like his shit went bad, but yeah. I was like, I scatter, know. scatter. Yeah. <laughs> no, no. That, my plan was just follow Christmas, but yeah, I probably would not have kept up. Yeah. I've definitely seen that happen too, where like, you know, rally will kind of like the cops will pull up and like the whole thing will just fall apart. Like someone just dips one way and a bunch of people follow them. <laughs> and then like, now it's a shit show. Yeah. <laughs> and just everyone for themselves. I've, I've never had that, yeah. thankfully, but like, yeah, I could definitely see that happening. Like, moped rallies are they're fairly <laughs> planned to begin with, so any extra yeah. like shit going on is just too much. It's fun though. Oh yeah, dude. So let's let's go back, dude. How'd you get into mopeds? Yeah, um, I feel like I kind of got into mopeds in like a weird time. Like, I'm either the like last old head or like the, the newest or yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't know. Like I got into mopeds like early 2016. I had, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, that's, I, I had, uh, I was in college and I had moved down to LA and then I really hated LA. So I broke up with my girlfriend and decided to move back North and uh, the, like, one bedroom I could find that was in my price range was, happened to be in this huge moped house. <laughs> so, like, <laughs> I had zero idea what a fucking moped was. I was thinking, you know, like, that's the scooter, right? Like, <laughs> and so I, I move in and it was, uh, it was, like, six or seven of us sharing this house in, like, outer mission. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, like it was, it was kind of, it was really intriguing because like, you know, there was this whole culture that was happening and I had just like no idea about it at first. And like, but like everyone in the house, like all they talked about was mopeds and they were like, (laughs) Oh, like, Oh, this part. And uh, Oh, I got this Vespa and like, I was like, man, like if I want to have any conversations with my roommates, I'm just going to have to get a moped. So, uh, have to, have to. <laughs> yeah. So I was kind of like just forced into it in a way. Um, but I was, that's funny. Your rent's just like, you know, $50 a month more expensive and it comes with a moped. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was like really that like easy of an entry for me. Like I, I, I got like the nicest like intro to mopeds. Like, um, I bought, it was like a Pinto frame from uh, Tony, who I was, uh, I mean, people probably know Tony. He's always at rallies doing like silly stuff. But like, I shared a room with that guy and I bought, 
a pinto from him for like about the frame swing arm and it had EBR forks on it. And it was like a hundred bucks. And then, you know, everyone was just like scrounging around the garage. Like somebody's like, Oh, I got this like rear snowflake mag. And then somebody's like, Oh, I got like a front, like, uh, I think it was like a CT 90 wheel or something. And they're like, it's a front wheel. It doesn't matter. <laughs> and like, I got some, uh, cases that I later found out were, they were apparently, uh, some cases that Graham French had and they were E50 mm. cases. And they weren't the, you know, South America ones, but <laughs> the, the, um, the drain bolt on the transmission had been like blown out like three times. So it was tapped F12. <laughs> <laughs> It's the biggest drain bolt ever. It was it was huge. It was like ridiculous. It was there was like barely any ceiling surface, and I didn't know about like cutting your own gaskets at the time. So I just like put a bunch of like gray permatex on the threads. Nice. Yeah, but when it got hot, it definitely dripped. Like you just like you know you put it on, and then you like permatex over top of the whole thing. <laughs> yeah, I mean I should just seal the, seal the ball in with JB Weld. Yeah. yeah, just tip the bike over dirt bike style when you want to drain the transmission. Like that would be easy enough, but yeah. yeah. Luckily, it wasn't just like welded on. <laughs> yeah, I mean, dude, I would have taken that just like TIG weld the thing closed. That would have been kind of nice actually. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's I, like yeah, like like kind of what I'm getting at here is I had like zero mechanical experience i'd like I was, I was always interested in you know doing something like mopeds like very diy working on motors you know figuring out how stuff works and making it work better but i didn't mm -hmm. like i mean you know california the real estate's really expensive so i was like well i can't really afford like a place with a garage and have like a car and like you know you can do like shade tree stuff, like jacking up your car, but it's, it's not as much of a thing to have like, Oh, I got a shop with a lift out here, you know? So yeah, it was just a very easy barrier to entry. And I was hanging out with cool people and they were all nice enough to teach me things. So that, that it was like, you like kind of, fell into the community like you didn't just like find the internet and find a moped and then have to figure it out on your own which is like so many people had to like kind of start figuring out by themselves and you kind of already had assistance out the gates yeah like i was saying i was i was on easy street you know like um i answer a lot of uh crms or emails for treats and like one of the biggest ones is like oh this cable doesn't fit my bike and like yeah you, you know it, uh here's the thing None, no moped cables fit really any bike. You got to like cut them down and narp them. <laughs> so like, mm. I feel like I had like a very good, like, like introduction to it in that people were like, yeah, okay. So here's this thing. Nothing fits it. You're going to have to work really hard to make <laughs> anything fit it. <laughs> and so, Especially coming in with a bike that wasn't complete, you had to like piece it all together. Yeah, yeah. I mean that that was probably the best way for them to do it. And I mean, I'm still here, and I'm still very into it because of that. But I think if you didn't have that like community, like ready to go and help you through it, definitely start with a rider. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> a complete bike that works, awesome. But like learning and like figuring it out on your own or like with assistance is like also cool. Cause you, you learn the benefit of like 
being able to fix little things and like the little tricks. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, by the time that bike got running, I'd been through everything like top to bottom. And obviously I, you know, the first thing I did because I didn't know how to do anything was take everything apart. Like I took the swing arm, the shocks and the forks off. So I like barbecue spray paint it black because I thought that looked mm. cool at the time. <laughs> and everyone's like, oh, black black dude, of course. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that's probably why people said like, I, I think like very early on, I was like, oh, I, I, I want to join the creatures. Like, you know, I'm in San Francisco. I want to join the creatures. And I think a couple of the creatures like, no, nah, you got you, you should join black black. Instead. <laughs> 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 Your bike's too ugly. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so, so how long did it take you get that, get that first bike running? It, it took a minute actually, because I was so broke from, you know, just in college. I wasn't, I didn't have a lot of money and, uh, I was just like scraping bits together as I went. And, uh, I think it took me like three months before I even got the bike started. And even then it only had front brake, no rear brake. And so, like, the first moped ride I went on, on my own moped, it started raining, and I only had front brake. <laughs> I didn't know what happens when you jam on the front brake in the rain, so I ate shit, like, yeah. a couple times. Damn. And uh, I think, yeah, I, I made it to the show that we were going to, and then on the way home, like, going across market, I slid out and just like totally like got the float on the bing stuck in the bowl. And so that was, that was game. Uh, that was my first like walk of shame. Yeah. I mean, every, I feel like that's like a rite of passage. Every moped needs a walk of shame for sure. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, like I didn't know what happened, but like Willie pulled up next to me on his hobbit and he was like, Oh yeah, like that's definitely float bowl stuck. We'll just walk you to treats, and I'll give you like one of my loaners. So it wasn't even bad. It was like ten blocks or something. That's sick. Yeah. Yeah. So it's cool. Like you came in like surrounded by mopeders. Like, did you know about all the different clubs, or were you just like learning about that as you were, you know, meeting people? Yeah. So I mean. It, I didn't, like, have a huge interest in, like, the, like, gang aspect of it at first. Um, you know, I was just like, oh, like, you know, these are the people around me. They're my friends. And, like, I'm just going to work on bikes with them. But I think it really hit for me in that, that first rally I was talking about, the uh, Labor of Love one, because that was a national rally. So I saw, like, everyone come to town, like – we have the a typical like San Francisco garage where like the top level of the house is the house part. And then the whole bottom mm -hmm. is like the garage because you can't really like dig down in San Francisco too much. Yeah. And so I think during the rally we had, I mean, our, our garage was pretty fucking packed to begin with. There was usually like, you know, 15 to 20 bikes in there. I think they jammed like, it must have been like eighty to a hundred bikes in there. <laughs> it felt like the whole rally like left their bikes at our house, <laughs> and like by the end, like I just had to like lock my bike up out front. <laughs> like there was there was no more like yeah, it, it was pretty insane. But yeah, it was um that that was when I started like being like oh these people are like the diamond dogs and they like rigged up 
Tony's MB5, so the throttle is the clutch, and the clutch lever is the throttle. Like, that's a fun prank. Like, <laughs> you guys are sick. <laughs> yeah, that's sick. That's, that's super funny. Oh, man, I was I was dying at that one. And then they were all, like, uh, they had, like, feats of strength where they were trying to wi- uh, lift Will's, like, justy, super justy engine with one hand because it's, like, a three-cylinder, and you totally could, but it was, it was still tough. <laughs> It's funny. Yeah. Like I, I remember when Angel had like a had a, like she her wrist or something was all jacked up and she had a thumb throttle. And I was <laughs> like, dude, yeah, hell yeah, That's, that'd be kind of fun to have a, thr- a thumb throttle moped. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, it's if you route your throttle cable poorly enough and like leave it way too long and have your grip pressing up against the throttle a bunch, it's just cruise control, man. Like you just <laughs> twist it once and you're good. Dude, throttle for a brake cable? That'd be funny. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's like those uh, funny, like, uh, like uh, what are they? I don't even know what they call them. It's like little funky bikes that have, like, the, the you pedal it weird and, like, the, the handlebars turn differently in, like, the opposite direction. Oh, the weird, like, like, reverse bikes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Someone had one of those at the, uh, at the Nashville rally. It was like, yo, $100 if you can ride this bicycle. And like, no one could do it. Because it was like, you, you turn the bars to the right and the, and, the, and the wheel goes to the left. And it's like, it's so like backwards. Like, no one could ride it. Yeah. I mean, hey, there you go. Put, a, put like one of the eBay like motorized bike kits on there. And that's your next raffle bike. God, someone's going to die. <laughs> that's the point, right? Yeah, jokes on that. Yeah. I mean... Maybe maybe save that for the Legion rally then. <laughs> so so how long after you uh, you know you you got your moped going did you like hit that first rally or were you you know was it a while or was it like kind of like happened kind of quick? Yeah, I like had like so I think I got my first bike running around like May or something, and then I had like kind of a summer to go to like Moped Mondays and like kind of learn how to like actually ride and not totally run people off the road and fall down a bunch. So yeah. Yeah. Uh, that, that was pretty good. Uh, I'm glad I had that little buffer because you know, the the rally came to me with the San Francisco one. Like there was no way I was not participating in that rally. Like, (laughs) so, I mean, yeah, that was, um, yeah, that that was kind of like a big cultural like shift for me where I was like, oh, like people actually like do this. Like I thought I was just like kind of goofing around with my friends, but like there's a whole community around this and there's like lore and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> like if only like it's I like the having the podcast and stuff, but there definitely needs to be like like some written lore. Like <laughs> Okay, well just like all all the all the uh you know the the elaborations and, and tales, you know, oh. like, <laughs> I mean, before you called, I was just kind of like cruising through moped army and I was just hitting the like random page in the wiki. And uh, mm. I feel like that's, that's it. That's like the lore. Like people like wrote like a couple of silly sentences about their gang, like 10 years ago. <laughs> and like, you know, it's still there today. Like it's all, it's all up there. still. So. <laughs> Yeah, I love it, dude. 
So did were, were you using moped army and stuff at the time, or was it because you were because you kind of because you kind of found it without the internet, so you were already like immersed. Like, were you? Yeah. Then going to the internet, or were you just like you you just never used that part? So like I was I was like so pampered when I first started. Like they're like, oh yeah, you should make a moped army account. I'm like, okay, I'll, I'll make a moped army account, and then I never looked at it, and then just like yeah basically bothered will like every time my (laughs) and finally he got sick of it and was like okay you're gonna need to start like figuring some stuff out for yourself but yeah he he definitely kept me like on the road for i don't know probably the first six to nine months when i started mopeds yeah i feel like that's definitely a part of the community there's like there's the people who like had the bike and they had to go to the internet for questions. And then there's people that had community and they refuse to go to the internet to ask. (laughs) Like we have people that like that are in the scene here and like the, the littlest simplest shit. And before they even think about the internet, they're asking the group chat or asking someone here. And we're like, dude, this question that you're asking is the information so readily available. I can't believe you're asking me this right now. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, poor, poor Will. I mean, he he didn't like all he got for helping me was me asking him more questions, but like (laughs) it it was so much easier because like you go on Moped Army and you get like, 10 troll answers if you ask a question and like five other people say wrong form fuck face and then <laughs> two more are like there's already posts about this so like yeah it's kind of intimidating when you're like learning something like this because you don't i remember like not even knowing what an atomizer was called and i was like uh like this this jet holder thing is like loose is that like part of the carb or can i replace that or mm-hmm. yeah like I think it'd be cool. Like it, it'll never happen. But like, how cool would it be if like all the all the correct answers in Moped like on Moped Army had like blue checks by them? Ooh, that'd be good. Like <laughs> like the tw- like the Twitter blue check. But like yeah, like the like all the uh, the fucking admins have like a a right to like blue check correct correct answers. So it's like yeah, like you're looking through this thread that has a bunch of dumb shit in it, and you're like yeah, the blue checks the actual the actual answer to the question. <laughs> Yeah, I mean that. I think you hit it on the head there. That it would have to be like an admin thing because if it was like community, like controlled like that, it would just be so much worse. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, <laughs> you'd never find anything. Oh uh, yeah, people would be blue checking just a troll. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, we, we definitely need to revive Yahoo Answers just for. Just <laughs> <laughs> So they they force you to get an account and like now you're like you know you're you're live you're hitting up at Mondays you hit your first rally like after that first rally is that when you decided to like dive deep into this like you're like okay that's it like I'm falling off the deep end and buying like more bikes and stuff yeah I mean I had two bikes by the time of that first rally and um, but that that was pretty much what I like that was when I was hooked you know like I. I'd been to Moped Mondays and Moped Mondays were really, really fun back then, but it just didn't compare to like the all out insanity of a rally. And, uh, yeah, I was like, man, this is fucking sick. And like, if I build a cool enough bike, like people on the other side of the country will know about it, you know? So like, (laughs) (laughs) you know, yeah, I started like actually kind of checking Moped army more and like, you know, 
it took me a while to make it to the performance forum because I just like, mm. yeah, I, I didn't feel like I was ready for that. I, I would just like kind of stick around repair. Cause I was like, I, I gotta yeah. keep these things running before I can like really trick them out, you know? But I was definitely like, okay, we got to take the stock cylinder off this Pinto and put like a, I mean, back then it was called the K-Star kid, right? Like, Oh yeah. K-Star was the, was the, the gym dude. Everyone had a K-Star. Oh yeah. K-Star. It was like a 15 bing with the 14 mil stock intake. And then it was what I think I have a, I had a techno on it with the stinger, like cut way down. So it kind of looked like a promo. Mm-hmm. And then I had like, I think it was like something insane. It was like 13 or 14, 45 gearing just cause San Francisco. Yeah, <laughs> and then I had like what? kickstart uh, clutch spring like jammed all the way down. <laughs> like it should hit, dude. Oh man, like it did not go fast, but it would you would be at like thirty five immediately. <laughs> it was, it was kind of yeah. thick. Like there was there was no pipe to get into. You were just there. Yeah, I love like the aspect because the country like varies so much. It's like you know you have like the Midwest and like you know our Carolina friends or Florida friends where it's like everything's like flat. Like everywhere they go is completely flat. Everyone's gearing super stretched out, and then like there's places that have hills like San Francisco where it's like what bikes like you know you're surprised when you see someone from San Francisco whose bike still goes sixty. You're like how? Like, don't you guys gotta don't you guys have to climb mountains every day? Like yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, that's like one of the beautiful things about like the Northern California, like moped scene, at least is because you have San Francisco and you have Sacramento right there. So all the fact yeah. people come on the San Francisco rides and they're like struggling on the hills. And then we all go to the sack rides and we're like, you guys are just riding straight for like, you know, 30 minutes, just open throttle. Like that's insane. <laughs> Yeah, I love it. Yeah, like I like I like Richmond. Richmond's got a little bit of everything, you know. Oh yeah, we can yeah. Climb hills. We can we can go over to a river. We can go to the woods. Yeah, like, you you guys got a nice mix out there. And you got you got like the urban city riding, but then you have the country like right there. Yeah, it's like you can be like out of the city in like a couple minutes, and like now you're just riding in the middle of nowhere, like with straight roads forever. Yeah, yeah. I mean. You know, I wish I had ridden more on that rally I went to for you guys. <laughs> Sometimes you got to hang, dude. Fuck it. Yeah, I mean, I, I had a good time in Chase. <laughs> uh, so, let's see here. You got the bikes. You're picking up the things. You're falling off the deep end. Like, are you getting out to other events? So, yeah, that was the thing, like. For a long time, I was like, okay, rallies are fucking sick. How do I do more of those? And then I realized I don't because I had a job where I worked weekends. <laughs> and that was kind of the case for like a long time. Like I could like sneak like a weekend here or there, but like I was really sticking like local. Like I was going to like Sacramento and then anything that happened in the Bay Area. And at the time that was, you know, pretty pretty significant amount of things but like i was yeah, not you guys were active i was not doing like the traditional rally thing of like okay let's all hop in this van and drive like 15 hours you know like that just yeah. it, because you know sure you can take the weekend off but then like you have to get back from the rally so mm-hmm. this wasn't really an option and for so, me and the west coast is like uh, 
it's not like being on the East Coast. It's not like being in the Midwest, like, you know, where things are relatively close. So we can hit so much stuff out here without having to really go far. I yeah. feel like you guys have to, like, invest more time and effort. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's definitely more spread out. And then at the time, uh, the goat heads weren't, weren't around. So it was really, like, pretty much once you left the Bay Area, there wasn't a lot of, like, organized MA stuff until you got to Denver, right? Like, I feel like that's kind of, that scene has been bubbling up for, you know, like a little before the pandemic, but like through the pandemic, that kind of like, uh, you know, Southwest and like Idaho with the two smokes guys. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I feel like we, we didn't, it was like a big, big divide, uh, like basically after the Rockies, you know, and so, yeah, it was like, oh, well, you can go to L.A., Portland, or Seattle, or, you know, California, like, you know, Bay Area, Sacramento, like, those were like the five cities, and they were kind of like cut yeah. off from the rest of the country, I feel like. And, and, they're, and they're not super close to each other. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, like, driving from, we drove to Seattle last year, and that's like a 12-hour drive, you know? Yeah, it's like that's a bummer, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it wasn't a bummer. The drive back was a bummer. I'll, I'll give my, my truck broke down, so that was not fun. Damn. But at least it broke yeah, down in California. Good. A little closer. <laughs> yeah, it was like literally like five miles past the like checkpoint to get into California. <laughs> I was like. Damn. Okay, well, I'm glad I'm not going through like the agricultural checkpoint on the back of like tow truck. <laughs> dude like i feel like um like that's kind of like my like my like limit like 12 hours is like okay like i'd do 12 hours like for a weekend like you know anything over that like takes more thought like 12 hours like cool someone drives for six i i ride for drive for the other six and then like we're there you know you can kind of sleep some like get there and like it's not a big deal yeah but like over 12 hours you gotta like really like give it more thought like do we want to do this? Yeah. I think, <laughs> can I, can I be in the car with you guys for 24 hours? Yeah. You got to pick the right people too. I mean, <laughs> luckily I had like my road dogs with me. Like I've, I've driven so far with those dudes. Like that was not an issue, but, um, I think the thing was like, it was my truck and it's kind of an older truck and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it, it has some, uh, some radiator problems so i was like i'm I'm just gonna drive the whole way instead of being like okay so like when you're coming down the hill you gotta like touch the brakes and then like turn on the heater and like you know <laughs> <laughs> these little like konami codes for driving my truck like i was like oh, i'll just drive yeah that's like the that's a shitty part like where you take your own vehicle and you're just like whether whether it's a good vehicle, you're just like, oh, like I'm putting all these fucking miles on my fucking jam, you know, it sucks, and then you're just like, or you have a vehicle that's questionable, and you're just like, oh, I think it'll make it. Like that's a that's a feeling I don't want to have. Like I have to age out of my life right now. Like that's a feeling I don't want to have. If I'm driving to some rally, I don't want to be like, oh, I hope, well, I hope you don't break down. Like it could. Like I don't want that to be a possibility. I'm already riding mopeds. Yeah, for, <laughs> for yeah, fun. I mean, like <laughs> we, we, I don't need more added stress. We, we know that we're not smart and we like unreliable vehicles. Like that's, <laughs> that's already a problem, but like, I don't know. I, I feel like we should do ourselves a favor and just like, you know, pick, pick one mode of transportation. 
that's reliable. Yeah, but I'm not. Yeah. I'm I'm also into the rental. Like like we've done this done that a couple of times. I'm kind of into like the rental van for the rally. Then, that's like, what okay, I'm we're thinking. going to something far and just rent a van that's brand new with like you know service. You don't have to worry about any of that. And stuff. if you break down, yeah. you just like bring it to the rental place and they give you another one. Like, yeah, it's, it's awesome. Yeah. That, that I feel like is the move. Like, I don't know. I worked a bunch. I probably worked more on my truck than on my bike before I went to Seattle. But like, yeah, just like, it was, it was just kind of always a worry in the back of my mind. And then, you know, lo and behold, something happens, but like, yeah, I feel like either fly in and get loners, but that's not super fun in my opinion. Like it's fun sometimes, but like if it's like a real ride heavy rally, like I kinda wanna bring yeah. my own bike. Yeah, like something you know is you can trust it. Like I've I've loved the I like the concept like because I remember going to my first first time I went to Nashville and Cali boys like from the creatures like shipped their bikes and I was like it blew my mind. It was like maybe my this was like maybe my like second out of town rally ever. <laughs> 2013 or something uh, and like maybe earlier than that like i don't know but like i i pull up and we're like watching these dudes from california and they're like and they're like putting like yeah we put our bikes together like when we got here like they shipped them in a bike box i was like what <laughs> you guys shipped your bikes to the rally like and flew in like yeah that's, that's like, kind that's of a flex right there yeah yeah, like that's a move. Like I remember the buzzards. Like they, when they went to that national rally in California, they like they put all their bikes on a pallet. They just shipped a pallet with like five mopeds on it. Yeah, I'm like that. That's probably I think that's a probably probably the best way to do it. Uh huh. You get a pallet, you get like a freight fee, and like everyone chips in on the on the fee on the you know on the pallet, and like the bikes are already put together. There's no like added added labor when you get there. But then how do you get it back? Same thing, pallet it. Yeah, pallet uh, it, and you have someone else from from that lives there ship the bikes back for you. Well, that's the thing; you need a coordinator. <laughs> yeah, someone who lives in that place has to be able to like pick your bikes up. Well, yeah, and, and like I don't ship know. them back. We deal with a lot of pallets of treats, and like you know, lift gate delivery. That's an extra like hundred fifty bucks flat. Like you know, if you gotta find somewhere right. with a forklift or like one of them pallet stackers. Like, yeah, I mean. Yeah, I feel like that's the move. Um, oh, yeah. But the other one is just, like, pull the Christmas and just, like, ride a shitty motorcycle you don't care at all about. <laughs> and sell it when you get there. Yeah, sell it or just, like, dump it in the tall weeds when you get there. And then there's also, like, uh, there's a bunch of, like, motorcycle rental apps now. And I was joking. Oh, yeah. I was joking I was going to go to uh, Nashville last year and, like, just rent, like, a, a Honda Monkey. Because it, there's, yeah. like, there's, like, it's, 10 of them in Nashville for rent. And, yeah. like, 30 bucks. Just rent a Harley. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah I, was, I just rented, like, a big-ass motorcycle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was, I was joking that uh, my boy Sean Mahu was going to rent, like, a, you know, twelve hundred CC Harley, and I was gonna get them, <laughs> and we we're gonna like drag race them. <laughs> what are those? What are those like little one thing, little T Rex things, like the little Stingrays, or whatever they fucking call them? Oh, the little two seater car, half car, half motorcycle oh, thing. Oh, the Polaris slingshot thing. Yeah, like just rent slingshots for the moped rally. <laughs> That'd be sick. That'd be a flex. Yeah. No, I, I remember a friend of mine like referred to his Miata as his loaner bike, so. <laughs> <There you go. 
Uh, yeah, yeah, that's awesome. I thought I've thought about like just shipping a motor before too, like find just finding a reliable, you know, like roller because that's like may, might be an easier find. You know, yo, know, like you got a roller that's complete, like, and I can just you know mail my motor because I know my motor's legit. Yeah, yeah, but that's I'm now I'm thinking and I'm like. What if you like buy a bike sight on the scene and then like show up, rip it the rally, and then sell it? Like that might be mm, that'd be that'd be funny. I've definitely seen people buy like bikes prior to the rally and then that's what they ride at the thing. Yeah, like, but I'm, know, I'm talking like, like, buy that's, like a, that's a brave soul. <laughs> I'm talking like buy like a rando fucking Craigslist. Like don't buy it from. Oh yeah, <laughs> get out there and like maybe like buy like a treat like a kit beforehand, and then <laughs> and then once Build you get like out there, you have to like figure it out. That'd be so funny though. You'd be like the man, you know, and you and you complete the ride. You don't you don't break down like. That's definitely a flex. Like you get the you get the kit shipped to the rally. Yeah. Like <laughs> you, while while you're driving, say you're on a 25 hour drive. Like we're going from Richmond to Denver, uh, and and we're like, so we just check every town, like because we we always do this shit where like you check all the cities that are oh, yeah. on the route of driving there. So you're like checking Craigslist and Facebook Marketplace like on your drive, uh, and you're like you know you you like oh I found a bike that's like you know three hours, five hours, ten hours into our drive, like on route. <laughs> Like I set up a plan with the dude to meet me at the Wawa (laughs) or or whatever off 85 and like you buy it. Like that'd be funny, dude. Yeah, man. I mean, yeah. Mahout and I actually is like part of working at treats. Like we got flown out to Texas to like pack up pretty much a whole warehouse of like old moped stuff and then drive it back to California. And we were doing that shit, but it was like, it was like 10 times worse because Mahout was also looking for like Harley stuff and like parts for his Firebird too. So it was like, <laughs> I was like, dude, we can't stop this many times. We gotta, we gotta put some miles on, man. We can't just be like a shopping trip. You're running like three apps at one time and <laughs> two different cell phones. You're like, dude, I'm, I'm making deals right now. I'm making deals. Yeah. Just fully in the matrix. Just like swiping through the code. <laughs> it's always funny though like i like i kind of like that game like you know because you never know when you're gonna find a deal and like yeah i think on our way back from nashville like I, we found like a bike that was like really good deal but like we had already passed the town and we're like fuck we already passed it like <laughs> <laughs> yeah well and then you're like do we double back and i'm sure you have some people who are like yeah we're down and some people who are like no way i gotta get back to work like fuck that <laughs> like yeah. leave it like, no time for this dude. yeah like it's a two hundred dollar maxi. Who cares? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I feel like that's the other thing too. Is like get like a designated rally vehicle between your club. Like, we, mm. Will and I have talked about this a couple times, where we're like, we could drop like five grand and get like kind of a beater RV and like fix it up. Because I remember the the Ghost Riders came to Richmond in their bus. Yeah, the bus, dude. And that show was sick, dude. Yeah, the Ghost Riders had the bus. And they were, like, fully... one bus. It was, like, all self-contained. They were, like, all fully bunked up in the bus. Yeah. And I think they had, like, a Nintendo Yeah, dude, they had all the things. Get a little inverter, play some games, like, put your bikes inside. Yeah. So, like, there's no trailer. You got all the stuff contained in the one thing. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I feel like... 
somebody has to have a class A license at that point, but like that's not that hard. Yeah. And you just got to roll deep enough to do it. Cause I know like the boys, you know, I've seen a couple of clubs with buses. I've seen like the clubs who have like their own like group trailer. I know like Zier's have that little like uh handicap bus mm. with like the, with like a, with like a, like a wheelchair lift and everything for like lifting the bikes. Yeah. And I mean, you know, I think Pat bus is still out there somewhere too. Right. Yeah. Yeah, so um, there's a tradition of it, but it's like finding the place to store it and like keeping it registered, I guess, would be the thing. Yeah. But then, like, you're also paying for that upkeep and shit. Like, I'm just, I'm, I'm too lazy, dude. I'm like, yeah, we got, wherever's adults, dude, we got a little bit of money in our pockets now, dude. Let's get that nice rental. <laughs> the, AC, the AC shoots cold. Yeah. The heat shoots hot. Yeah. Like, <laughs> plenty uh, of seats. There's, there's like 100,000 on the clock. Like, it's not clapped out. Like, you know, and when yeah. it is clapped, they'll just sub in another one. Like, who cares? Yeah, dude. Yeah. That's why I've never bought a trailer, to be honest. Like, we, all the rallies we've gone to over the years, like, and we've, I think 95% of the time, we've just rented a U-Haul. Mm. You know, we rent the U-Haul trailer, we get the big one with the ramp. Mm. Like, cool, we can't tandem axle, and, like, we just bring the monster trailer, we put 16 bikes on it, and we still have space for, like, any, you know, for other bullshit. Yeah. Bags, like, coolers, gas cans, like, all the stuff. And I mean, like, oh, the trailer breaks down, got a flat tire. We call them and they fix it. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I remember the giant U-Haul trailer. That thing, like, you could probably put a car on it if you wanted to. Like, I, I don't know. I'm just, like, terrible at driving with the trailer. I can do it. Uh, but, like, if I have to, like, back up with it, oh, man. <laughs> That's, like, I, I would rather just take the trailer off and, like, push it. <laughs> It's fun though. Like I, I don't know. I like the things. So, so you're you're traveling. You're kind of hitting some rallies. You're starting to you're flying to a couple things too at the time. I'm sorry. Were you flying out to a couple rallies at the time? No. Like back no. when you really started trying to go to when you could start going to stuff. Well, then I mean, once it like once I didn't have a job that I had to work on weekends all the time, I was like, oh man, this is gonna be my year of rallies. Like I'm going to hit up every rally this year. And that, was, that, that was 2020. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, I was so bummed, dude. <laughs> yeah. I went to, uh, I think the lost boys had their last, uh, synopsical in Sacramento that year. And I went to that and I'm like, all right, this is just the appetizer. Like, Oh, this is going to be my year. And it was not anyone's year. <laughs> yeah yeah so like i i I think i've had a couple of years where i was like yeah this is this was this was the year and i was like and i look back i can't think about like i can't really remember like on the top of my head just like trying to remember right now like i think yeah maybe i hit like six yeah i mean and that's, like, a, that's a lot I, of rallies dude i know you work yeah, a lot I, like yeah and i felt like that was good but then, like, there's the times, like, because, like, I don't know, if I was, like, rallying when I was, like, super young, like, when I was, like, in my early 20s, mm-hmm. I might have really been wilding, wilding out. Yeah. But, like, sometimes I remember looking at Mike Berry's blog and being, like, yo, <laughs> they hit how many rallies that summer? <laughs> like, it was insane. It was, yeah. like, 20. Like, you yeah. know, like, it's, like, how? I, I don't even think I want to go to that many, like, personally. Like, <laughs> I mean, it sounds fun and, like, power to those guys, but, like, I Six sounds like a very nice, like, that was a 
like me going all out rally experience. Like, yeah, I, I remember when I first started prospecting, Dana was like, all right, part of the rules is one, you have to have a running bike. Two, you have to go to one in state and one out of state rally a year. <laughs> I was like, okay, like, yeah, I, I think that's a good like minimum to set t- for yourself. Yeah. You know, like it's like, and like you you want to too. It's not like no one wants to sit at home all summer. Yeah, yeah. No, oh, and now there's stuff happening again, and we're all like pent up, and yeah. So, and I mean, people were like building sick bikes during COVID, so it was cool to like see them all out actually riding. How was like how was like COVID for you guys like when you were going through it? It was a trip, man. Like we you know, it, it got like much serious it got like pretty serious, like pretty fast down here, like not like numbers wise, but like in restrictions wise. Mm-hmm. And we were like, Okay, like nobody's gonna be buying fucking moped parts. Like people are going to be like oh, kind of like circling the wagons, like saving money as much as I can. Cause they can't work. And I was like, okay, but I'm, I'm still going to like go in and like try and get some orders out for people who are like, you know, cause there's, there's people who mopeds are their like primary means of transport transportation. So mm-hmm. we didn't want people to go without. And like, I did like, it was like a Thursday that the restrictions happened. And I like went in Thursday, Friday, and it was pretty normal. And then I came in Monday, and there was like, I think it was like three or four hundred orders. And a normal Monday, when there's not a sale, it's like a hundred. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, uh oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm here alone. Like, I'm, I'm probably, I was the newest guy at that time. I was like, I don't know where some of this stuff is. Like, yeah it it was it was kind of brutal and we we kept working like uh one person in the warehouse at a time for i think like four or five months there where you know you would take like a shift and be like okay i'm working like 7 a.m to 3 and somebody's working 3 to 9 and somebody's working 9 to whatever in the morning like and we kept it going like that for a minute but i think by the end of the summer we we were still like 700 orders behind like Oh uh, yeah. Once once that stimulus hit too, it was like that sent everything into overdrive. Like <laughs> we were kind of you give a bunch of mopeders a bunch of free money. Like there's going to be a problem. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I know where a lot of people's stimulus checks went. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, yo, the bills this year are going to be sick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, basically, like, I was like, damn, people just got like. 1200 free like moped bucks like let's see what they come up with yeah dude taco dollars for everybody mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah people were not holding back <laughs> i think i don't think we even had a sale that whole summer and we like did more orders than we typically would with a sale yeah yeah so that i mean from that perspective, it was really awesome because, you know, at the time I remember the atmosphere was like, we don't know if trades is going to make it through this. Cause like, you know, money's always tight, especially when it comes to moped stuff. So it was like mm-hmm. so much unknown and we were like, Oh, like this might be it. And luckily it wasn't. So sick. 
Or how about yourself? Were you like, were you like diving in deeper and building, building more bikes at the time? You're like, okay, well I can't go to all these rallies that I wanted to go to this year, but maybe I can like build some dream bikes that I've been like wanting to do. Yeah. Yeah. That was like, so I had, I had built like, um, I had gotten an old frame that Rodney, it was like a Magnum frame that he had cut the mounts off of the motor mounts and he had welded in like, I think it was like quarter inch, like steel and like drilled them out for mounting like a piston port to the Magnum, like piston port derby. And I was like, Oh, this is my bike. Like, this is the one I was building in like 2019. I'm like, this bike is going to be like my rally stallion. Like I'm going to ride (laughs) fucking everywhere (laughs) and get it started. And it tops out like maybe like 45. (laughs) And I do, it's got like a Gila on it and like a Cali pipe Mm. and a TM24. I'm like, I don't understand. And everyone's like, Oh yeah. When Romney had that bike, it topped out around the same. It's gearing like gearing, like, you can go down to like 35 on a pook rear and he, mm-hmm. we had like welded a 24 tooth sprocket to the front. And they're like, yeah, I think that's like a one to three gear ratio. Like you're not going to, you're not going to go too fast on that. I'm like, Oh fuck. <laughs> and so, yeah, I read that at the lost boys Nazi goal and I was like, okay, I need, I need something faster than this. And in my eyes at the time I was like, Oh, derby's gotta be the fastest. And then I started hanging out with uh, Chloe Feldman, and I was like, "Oh, like French bikes are fast." <laughs> and so I think the pandemic kind of sent me down the, the French rabbit hole there. I always wonder, like, how people find because, like, there's various forms of rabbit holes and mopeds, and I feel like you know the generic Tomos and like Pook, like. I don't, I don't even consider those to be rabbit holes. I consider them to be like par for the course. Like that's what people are just like into. Like that's like yeah. the normal bike, you know? And then when someone falls off some edge, like you're deep in Vespas or you just like yeah. went hard on a French game, like something, something bad happened to you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, that is the assumption, assumption, right? That it's like something traumatic, like especially with French bikes, they have that reputation <laughs> yeah. of being like really I remember my first bike. I came out of the gates with a French bike. I bought a 40 T that uh, didn't run. The worst States one. Away. <laughs> oh, I, I refused to buy anything else. I was like, literally like if I got into mopeds, this is the only thing I want. <laughs> Cause I like, I found Peter from the ghost riders bike uh, and it was like beautiful. And I was like, this is it. Like if I get a moped, cause my roommate had a maxi that was like all done up mm-hmm. and my other friends had some Tomoses, and I saw the Satan's r- riding around all the time. And I was just like, uh, I, don't, I don't really care about mopeds, but like, I'll, I'll look at this moped army site, you know, I'll lurk them some pictures or whatever. Hmm. And then I was like, hmm, well, this 40T looks kind of tough. Yeah. Like, if I get a moped, it's going to be this. All right. Well, hey. You- and then I, yeah. And then I proceeded to buy it and then like just stack thousands of dollars of parts in the corner of my living room for, <laughs> for, like, for like a year. You know? Yeah. yeah that's, that's the typical French fast. Yeah. And I was like, oh, uh, like looking. And I've done it so many times. Like, I, like and I, I do it and then I sell it and then I do it again. Like it's just like torture yourself. Just keep you know? coming back for more. Yeah, more pain. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, Feldman kind of talked you into the French game, so kind of had had that go. Oh yeah, I mean at the time I was like, I was like my my thing was like I want every top tank. I was like I'm gonna have every top tank moped, 
And people, people yeah. like, ever since I got into mopeds, I'm like, top tanks are sick. And people like kind of clown them, right? Because that's like a very like early mopeder thing. Like that's that's a stereotype, right? Like, oh, it's it's they are sick, but it is the mopeder thing. Like new mopeder, they want the motorcycle looking one. Yeah, but it, like, but but it but they are cool looking. They are cool. Like, you can't hate and say they're not cool. And guess what? Like, yeah, you know they're cool. You have more than a gallon of gas. It's fucking great. Yeah. Like, <laughs> there's a reason every motorcycle is designed as the top tank. I mean, you know, there's the underbound ones, but like, there's a reason why it's the dominant design out there for two wheeled vehicles, like for forever, for years. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, like, yeah. At the time, I was like, I need every top tank. So I picked up uh, TSM, and uh, Tony actually picked that up for me in Southern California. He was going down to buy like an NS 50 and that fell through. Mm -hmm. I'm like, Hey, why are you down there? (laughs) (laughs) So we brought that back up for me. And like, it was was nice. Like the guy who had it before me, like put like a Pelini kit and the Shaw, it was like a 46 cast iron Pelini and a 16, 16 Shaw. And it had the like stock five coil. And it was, like, it was like a pretty drama-free bike, and then I think eventually the five coil went bad on it. Like it would only spark when I spun the flywheel over backwards, like the polarity reversed on the flywheel of the coils or something. Yeah. And so I put a party on, and I was like, "Oh, this is even better now! Like this is great!" <laughs> and this ignition costs like seventy-five bucks. Like this is awesome. <laughs> and so I started doing that, and then uh, yeah, I just like really i think what got me is i'd been working on like you know, like a hobbit and uh it it was like it was like the speed and availability of parts for a hobbit and like you could crush hills like a hobbit mm-hmm. but everything was external you know like there wasn't that yeah, like scary that scary rear transmission it was just like oh it just if this belt goes to a sprocket and then the sprocket chain goes to the rear wheel and then that turns and there's nothing, there's no like transmission to it. Like it's all, it's all just out there. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess yeah. the downside is that the motor has to swing, but that's easy enough. If you can, you know, you know, leave a little slack in your wiring or something. I mean, I feel like that's also like the coolest part of having a French bike. Like, seeing a french bike and then watching this move this motor pivot you're like whoa like what is that dude like it's cool like no one no other bikes doing that yeah yeah chloe for a long time wanted to get a tattoo of uh like an av7 and then just like the caption like it don't mean a thing if it ain't got that swing I don't. I don't know if you ever followed through on that. That's a that's a keeper, dude. They need to do it. Yeah, yeah. That that I want to see someone draw the flash of that. Like that would be sick. <laughs> yeah, Angel, that's on, that, that's on her. Yeah, you draw it up, dude. I'll print them, dude. Let's yeah. do it. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, um, you know, as I started working at Treats, like that was one of the like bigger cheat codes for me of working at Treats was like i got to see what everyone ordered like yeah no one had any secrets from me anymore like it was like <laughs> oh this person's getting this and this and this like how does that go together like you know it, i i was seeing like i'm 
I think I would like pay like really close attention to a lot of the mosquito fleet dudes and like what they were buying mm-hmm. for French bikes. And then from there, I would like find moped army posts that like explained it. So I was like, why do they keep buying these like Tomos pedal springs with all these like French parts? And then I found a post mm-hmm. and they were like, Oh yeah. If you put in a spring, like it allows the clutch pulley to like move back and forth on the pedal shaft and you don't like destroy your belt right away. That's so we're going to, we're going to, we're going to, I'm going to stop you right there. I'm going to let you go pro tip real quick. Like explain that, like slow it down so people can like really get it. Okay. All right. So like classic French bike problem. Once you go with, uh, like start going big with your like clutch pulley and variator is where do you align the pulley with on the variator? Because like you can align the pulley far out and then it's like pretty much aligned to idle. But then Mm -hmm. as you accelerate, the belt moves inward towards the engine. And so your belt is at a weird angle and you can throw it or it just flip it, flip it or just increase wear on the belt in general. So like a lot of people kind of like compromise and they go like, Oh, I'll go like, you know, kind of line it up in the middle or like I ride wide open a lot. I'm going to align it like 80% variation. But the nice thing about doing the spring is then your clutch pulley can kind of get drawn back and forth on your pedal shaft so that it aligns itself basically as the belt pulls it inward while the, the variator variates. Pro, pro tip. <laughs> uh, hopefully that makes sense. Uh, I don't know. No, it makes sense for sure. Yeah. I mean, it's something that happens like automatically on a dual variated bike that you don't really think about, but on single variated, yeah. because the clutch pulley is like fixed, it, you know, there's always just going to be misalignment, like no matter what you do. Yeah. And I mean, the, the downside of that pro tip is it also like when the clutch fully moves, it also moves your chain line as well. So you have to have like a little bit of slack in your chain, but you should be running slack in your chain anyway. Like, yeah, don't, don't be super tight. Yeah. Yeah. Fast, loose chain, a fast chain. Exactly. Yeah. So that's it. It was just like little, little tiny stuff like that. And I felt like more than a lot of other mopeds, like French bikes really rewarded you for getting the details, right? Like if you went over them beforehand, like they have this reputation of like breaking down all the time and like, yeah, they, they do break down a lot, but like, I feel like if you go over them and you like know the weak points, and you try and compensate for those people are like, Oh shit, this French bike rips and it's not on the side of the road. What's going on? (laughs) (laughs) We're just tight. No one wants to be on the side of the road. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, you know, it's not so bad sometimes on the last ride I went on, I ended up breaking down and I was like, uh, I lost spark and everyone's like, Oh, it's Laparty, dude. I'm like, ah, I, I don't think it's Laparty. I feel like Laparty wouldn't let me down. And lo and yeah. behold, I go and I check and the ground wire on my HD coil got pinched by the tank and it was like pinched through oh. the wire. Damn it. <laughs> so see, who let Laparty down? Laparty didn't let me down. 
Yeah, your 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 wiring uh layout <laughs> let you down. Yeah, exactly. Like it's and you know, you, like from there, you're like, oh, okay, I need to route this wire like better, and maybe put like a sheath on some of my wiring in there. Like, you know, it's just learning the weak points. Like, I kind of yeah, definitely like. I like the dudes who like make like you know I've never done it where but they make like wire harnesses. Like, yeah, I'm gonna like. All my wires are gonna be super done, like super legit, like ran through like some like kind of like protection and like it like they do it so well and I'm just like ah, I'm just gonna throw the wire on there and then like <laughs> something like that like that happens. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's what I mean I nowadays I like to try and like kind of plan out my wiring harness, but like a lot of my bikes it's kinda just like piecemeal, right? Like you get a bike and you're like, Okay, well I'm just gonna run it I'm gonna wire it to run. And then I guess I'm going to wire lights on it and then like maybe a kill switch. And then, Oh, I guess I need to do like turn signals or brake lights now. And just like adding piece after piece, it just gets so messy. So I feel like the move is just like, if you know, you're going to be adding a lot of like electrical components to a bike is just like sit down and like think it through and like, just get out the freaking crayons and like start drawing and be like, yeah yeah where where does where where am i gonna fit this piece of the wiring harness like i don't know my own i think a lot of great tomos wiring harness diagrams that i copy all the time mm-hmm. i think the last like wires i did were like i like still in hindsight i'm like oh i could have done it better but like i just bought one of those like really long like wire terminals that you can get from like lowe's or something mm-hmm. And, like, when I ran in my lights, I just made, like, little jumpers to, like, the extra openings. So I had, like, a couple jumpers for extra grounds and I had a couple jumpers for extra lights. So it's, like, I could, like, always just, like, oh, I need to add something. I could just, like, throw another wire into the open slot. And yeah, I kind of like that. Like, you know, and also, like, I feel like a lot of times people think it looks kind of bad or, like, it's a bad wiring job to have, like, you know, uh, disconnects like on your wiring harness like they're like oh it should be one mm-hmm. piece and then soldered but like for cobble yeah. shooting on the side of the road that fucking sucks like yeah you know i want to be able to like unplug my kill switch wire very quickly like you know if i'm checking something like i i think it makes a lot of sense to use the term i'm i'm a big fan now of um it's like this oem honda like bullet terminal pack and it's so nice I'm I'm never going back to like the nylon, uh, like mm-hmm. connectors. Like those suck ass. But I mean, I use them forever. But they suck ass. Yeah. And uh, I mean, as long as you're not the uh, the like you know the, the wire nut twist terminal guy. Yeah, the wire <laughs> nut guy. <laughs> yeah. I mean, very early in my moped career, I did something like actually responsible, and I went on eBay and I bought like. 700 foot spools of wire in different colors you're the man because <laughs> <laughs> i have that's those, a, that's awesome feeling i have those friends who is like you go to their bike and it's like a nice bike but then you go and it's like oh all the wires are black <laughs> like, yeah and you're like god damn it or you go or you're working on that kind of bike you're yeah. like helping someone or you're going yeah. to work on someone's bike or like you just bought something that you're fixing and you're just like what 
is going on here? So the black connects to the black, and then that black goes back <laughs> around and grounds to the black. <laughs> like, yeah. Especially when they go like up to the headlight bucket and back in the kill switch and back down, and you're just like, uh, wait, what? <laughs> which one is which you gotta like check them all like it sucks break out the freaking multimeter start checking continuity that yeah that's no yeah. yeah i saw i can't remember i can't remember who i was looking at like i was lurking instagram the other day and like i was i can't remember his name off the top of my head because i'm just drawing a blank but like i had him on the podcast like a couple weeks ago but he like um he just built like a new workbench for his bike. He's like, oh, I, like I'm gonna build a workbench, and he built a workbench. But like, he's really good at making things, and it made it so legit. The workbench is the nicest workbench, but it also has like a thing holding spools of different color wire like on the bench already. Like, I'm like, yes, that's what we all need. You know? Yeah, the little the little <laughs> dowel running through, so you can just pull off pieces. But here's my thing: I always just take the spool of wire and like hold it up to the bike. So I need like a string or something that I could like kind of round mm, check and, the length. Yeah. Yeah. And make sure when I turn the handlebars, it's not unplugging everything. Well, you just, you just add like another spool beside the wire. So it's just yarn. There you go. Yeah. That's, that's, yeah. You just pull off a length and cut it. Like fuck, fuck. What's that little piece of yarn going to cost you? Nothing. Yeah. I mean, it's easy enough to get. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that, that's like definitely legit though to have the, the spools like all in one place on the dowel because my my wiring uh i mean it's not the worst like wiring compartment in my toolbox but it's definitely the worst mm-hmm. in my toolbox like every other drawer is organized much nicer than the wire one yeah dude like i haven't really been wrenching on mopeds like in the last couple of months like i've just been like super tied up and like i went in there last night like because someone i sold a bike and my buddy came over to pick one of the dudes from River Rousers came out to like to pick the bike up, and I was like, "Oh, like you want to buy any other, you know want to buy any other stuff while you're here? I have like this variator, I have this, I have that." And he was like, "Oh, like yeah, I'll take this, I'll take that." And I was like, "All right, cool, let me throw it on the bike for you." And I'm like, "Where are my tools? Because <laughs> I haven't been, been in there in so long, and like I guess last time I was just like went, I was going to a rally, so I took tools with me, and I." had tools on the bench from something else and nothing got put away. And I was just like, I don't know where any of the sockets are. I don't know. Like I was, it, it took me so long to do the, to like, to literally change a variator. Like, I was, <laughs> and I, I, and I, and I, got, I was literally just swapping. Signal, right? the inter- yeah. 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 I was swapping the internals for the bell ah. and, and, and I needed a circlip. I needed a 13. I needed like the socket to knock the things out of there. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, where's all this stuff that normally lives in this drawer? Yeah. I, I, I am the worst about that because I, I used to keep all my tools at traits, but then I was lucky enough to like move somewhere that had a garage. I'm like, all right, nice. fuck you guys. I'm taking my tools home. Like they're my <laughs> tools now, but you know, to work at treats, I answer the, a lot of the emails. So I do need some tools sometimes to be like, okay, like what? Yeah. Like just basic stuff. Like, Oh, what's the diameter of this wheels? Like, uh, you know, the brake hub, like what size brake pads mm-hmm. am I going to need? So I got to like take the axle off and, you know, basically. So luckily right next to treats right now, they closed down the big five that was there forever like the big five sporting goods and they opened up a Harbor freight. 
Oh, sick. Yeah. So it's, it's like one stop shopping for everyone in the Bay right now. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I bought all these like terrible, terrible Harbor freight tools. And I was like, okay, this is sick. I'm going to have my nice tools at home. And then I'm going to have like my work tools that I don't care if like somebody comes in and like take something and doesn't put it back or like, and then I go to use all my Harbor freight tools. I'm like, no, oh, these don't work. Like, like these sockets aren't deep enough to get over the axle. <laughs> and so oh, I end up man. bringing stuff from home to work. And then it gets really confusing. Cause I'm like, did I leave that micrometer at home or at work? Or is it in my truck? Like, yeah. Or is it just mixed up and you're bringing the, you bring the wrong one home and now you're good shits at work and you're like, Oh, God damn it. Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah. That's I'm, I've decided when like, I, I leave treats like I'm just going to leave that toolbox there and that can just be community tools for everyone because like, yeah, you know, start fresh. Yeah. You, you in, in like a group space like that, you, you got to watch your tools like a hawk. Like everyone's really oh. nice and responsible at treats, but even then, you know, I've done it. Like I borrow somebody's socket and I'm like, maybe this was my socket. I don't remember. It's so easy to do. It's like hard. Like we've had the group shops in Richmond where we, you know, I think the last time we had the big shop right before Dana moved, Mm -hmm. like he was in our last group shop with us. And I think we had 20 people in there. Yeah. It was was all of smog squad. It was all black, black. It was half of the rebels. Like we all shared this big group garage and it was awesome because we had a welder we had fucking power tools we had a drill press all the stuff you need air compressor everything you needed was always set up yeah you know but it's like then you have the consumables like who's gonna buy the next 20 cans of carb cleaner because (laughs) we're fucking burning through it and no one's putting money into the fucking consumable pot you know yeah like there should have been like an extra kick in like every month like everyone has to kick in an extra five dollars and that buys fucking shop rags and and, and carb cleaner and fucking I like you know that. We fill the fucking five gallon gas can so there's always gas in the shop you know yeah it's just easier to like centrally distribute that stuff because like yeah it you can be like well, I didn't use any carb cleaner and it's like okay well yeah then that, yeah then that happens like, you know, like they're like ooh like I didn't why am I throwing in $5 if I'm not going to use it? You know? Yeah. Yeah. So I, I think it just makes sense to be like, okay, this is for like every consumable in the shop. Like, yeah. you know, you're going to use gloves. You're going to use like the lint free towels at some point. You're going to top off your bike with gas. Like it's going to happen. So just, you know, pay, pay the toll. Yeah. You want to play, you want to got to pay to play, baby. Exactly. I remember I definitely, even we had that, while we had that group shop, I still had, I still locked my toolbox on the regular. Cause oh. it was just like, it's just like too many tools. Like somebody has every tool you need. And then someone <laughs> has like a couple tools they need. And then they're always borrowing other things. And yeah. you're just like, I need to know where it is. Like I told the black boys where my, where my hide a key was at, you know, like, all right guys, like yeah. you open, it was actually, it was really funny. Here's my, here's my hide a key spot that I used to have in the group shop. Do you want like, everyone to know this on the podcast? Yeah. Cause I don't, we don't have a group shop anymore. Okay. I, I have a house with my own personal garage and it's awesome. All right. Well, I'm going to fly to <laughs> so, Richmond and break into your toolbox. But go ahead. <laughs> so my, my hide a key in our old group shop was I had, I had my toolbox and my like deep drawer that had my consumables and spray paint and bullshit was like on the right side of the toolbox and you could like slide stuff underneath it and underneath that toolbox were was where my like jack stands were at. Okay. 
And if you pulled out the jack stand and you took out the actual, like the part that you lift up, the adjustable part, if you took it, if you took it out completely, there was a shop rag like stuffed in in the bottom of it that had my that had my toolbox key. This is so elaborate. I, I love it. That's awesome. So it's like, all right, boys, here here's the here's the hide a key if you need to like get in the toolbox. But then what happens when like you have to go get your key and like everyone in the shop just sees you fucking around with your jack stand? Like <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Know, like everyone, turn around, turn your backs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no peeking. Uh, that's funny. Dude, it was great. I definitely miss like having like the group shop. Like when I think about it, I rem- and like just remember all the stupid stuff we do in there together. Because like you're just hanging out, like working on bikes and getting in trouble. Like you know, like why is there a giant rainbow with a with a hole cut out for someone's head? <laughs> Uh, I don't know. Some little kids project threw that away and we were all like just wearing it around the shop for no reason, you know? Yeah. It was great. Yeah. That was like one of the things that like, you know, I was obviously bummed when, um, that moped house I was staying in at first when it like, I mean, it was, it was good for me long run because I Mm -hmm. learned a lot of stuff that I was kind of like, I didn't even realize I was palming off on other people. Like, yeah. It's like when you have like your big brother or something like finish the video game level that you can't beat. <laughs> <laughs> but like, yeah, it, it forced me to like get good at some of that stuff that I was like kind of avoiding, but I just, just like the general like atmosphere and uh, like the wrenching alone was a hard adjustment for me because I was used to it being like yeah. a really social thing. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, I'm just turning wrenches in like a dark room by myself. Yeah. But that, like, but, I like, I like both aspects of it though. Yeah. I, 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 I like wrenching alone now more than wrenching with a bunch of other people. Like, obviously it's fun every now and then, but I get so much more done by myself. Yeah. And I was going to say like, right when I like moved into my own shop, I feel like was right around when you started the podcast. I was like, oh, this is great. Oh, like, sick. You know, I can, never wrench alone. Yeah, exactly. I can just like listen along to this and they aren't really like distracting me from what I need to do, but I still, I'm not just like, you know, sitting and playing with my toy motorcycle in the dark. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's sick. I get that for sure. Yeah. Like that's what I, I like the group shop because it was always fun. You always had people around, but definitely the distractions and like <laughs> the <laughs> were, were, were abundant and it definitely made for slow progress on things that shouldn't take long. Also, the it was cool to have that helping hand. What's up? The speed mods. Oh yeah. Yeah. And they were never, yeah, can never put past the speed mod. They, they were never too bad. And I think I got out of a lot of them because I was so new. People didn't really like, they didn't need to fuck with my bike. Like I already mm. fucked up my bike. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, just like, you know, stuff like shoving a dime, into somebody's thing so that when you open it, it's still just blocked. <laughs> it, fits, it fits like almost perfectly in some of the 12 mil banks. <laughs> like, That's funny. Yeah. Or I think somebody, I never, I never heard of that one. That's a good one. Yeah. I think somebody like even rigged it up. So they have like a, like a little black cat firework and they rigged it. So it was like taped to the inside of somebody's head. And when that, and but, like fuse was in the plug gap, so
I think I seized it. What happened? <laughs> yeah, they're like, that backfires. My timing fucked up. And it's like, no, no, just take your top end off. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. Uh, I like speed mods, but I feel like all my speed mods, they got to be like something like you can fix quickly. Yeah. Like, the couple of times I've done like a serious speed mod to someone, I'm just like, I'm like, uh, that might have been a little much. <laughs> yeah, I, I definitely like it's It's hard to strike that like perfect balance of it where it's like, you, you leave somebody like kind of scratching their head, but they're not bummed. Like, yeah. Yeah. I remember one rally, some rally like gave out like condoms in like the rally pack. And I was just like, Ooh, someone's definitely catching this speed mod at the first gas stop. And it was like gas stop. And I'm like, just put like this, like condom on someone's throttle grip. And now it's like, now they got to spend the rest of the ride with like this throttle oh, covered. Sticky. In the side. Oh, <laughs> I mean, I wear gloves, but yeah. <laughs> that would not be pleasant uh yeah <laughs> yeah i mean like god what are some other good ones like uh the, I think the plug the, boot's always a classic oh, you know? boot, Just, that that one's i mean i i'm not even sure that one even bears repeating because it's so like well tread but like i feel like some petcocks you're able to like take apart and then reassemble so that everything's like reversed <laughs> <laughs> So you can just make it so that they're like turning their gas off and like trying to start their bike. Like I'm, I'm pretty sure I've seen that one before. That that I feel like that one might like put someone in a breakdown, busted. They might they might really not be able to fix it. You know? Well, yeah. Or you drop or you drop the little spring that's inside of there, and then they can't like yeah, you can't put it back together properly. Well, I feel like the the move is to stand by, and then when you're like petcock, and then they're like it's on, it's on. You walk over and flip it to off, and it starts working. Yeah, you got to fix it for them. You yeah. can't just leave them stranded. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I definitely. I think the worst I did was I pulled someone's spark plug out and I and I smashed it closed and then I put it back in. Oh so yeah, like, and I like no no plug gap, no gap, uh, no gap. Yeah, that <laughs> one's a classic too. I mean, I've had someone take my spark plug and they lo- and they loosened it, so it was like okay, that it was in, but it wasn't in. <laughs> depending on like how high compression of a build, I feel like that could like strip. A strip ahead maybe like if the threads are kind of like you know getting there and you know, it's a pretty high comp like that one might scare me a little bit yeah i've had someone take my plug boot off and then and like just sit it on the tip like <laughs> it was on but it wasn't pushed down yeah so i was like riding it was just like sputtering and riding all sporadically and i was like dude what the fuck's going on and I like and i pulled over and checked the boot and it was like super loose and i was like hmm <laughs> you're looking around like who was it yeah uh, remember i we once did like a ride and there's a bar in downtown oakland called eli's and they sell like a crust wrap which is a crust punk crutch crunch wrap from taco bell mm-hmm. so we went yeah. from there to the taco bell cantina in berkeley and uh chloe was like freaking out by the end of the ride and she was like this Moby, like, I have not seen hunt temps over, like, 310. And now I'm at, like, 415. Like, something's up. My timing slipped. Something's wrong. And we go and look, and the spark plug is just, like, slightly loose. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure... I, I'm not going to say who I think did that, but I'm pretty sure someone else, like, right before the ride did that. But I, I like, bummed Chloe some, like... uh I was really into the strawberry oil at the time 
And she was like convinced oh, yeah. that it was the strawberry oil's fault. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I knew I should have brought my own potion. oil. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that would be a sea mon in, in and of itself. It's just like pour some strawberry oil into somebody's tank. Oh, yeah. And they're just like, they just have no clue what's going on, why it <laughs> smells like that. Yeah, and their bike's just like, like farting. Yeah. I'm into that weird smell lately. Like, the last couple of rallies I've gone to, like, I've just picked up like a, a black ice, you know, like air freshener, mm. and I like dangle it from my hand, my bike, my handlebars or something. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, Keep this is, I'm in black, black. We show up with my with my, with my black ice, you know, bike smells fresh. Damn, next rally like, idea? And it really smells, dude. It's strong, dude. I feel like that's tree fully out the wrapper. Hell yeah, I feel like that's that's, that's a good scheme. We should we should investigate that. Put a pin in that one. Ooh. What, what if we just call a rally black ice and everyone gets one of those in their rally pack? Yeah, but it's like might- it's like a snow rally in Michigan, though. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Michigan. Well, y'all have to host a rally now. <laughs> They're like, damn it. <laughs> we thought we were out. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Treats has some pretty sick snow tires now. Yeah, dude, gotta get those knobbies, baby. Yeah, I mean, like, pretty much ready. You just gotta throw the screws in them. And Melosi had that, like, video of, like, the snow scooters and shit. That was, that was kind of tight. Mm. I know that Nick Clayman dude, like, goes, like, riding his Hobbit, like, on ice. Like, he does, like, this ice race out there. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, I can't... His, uh, metric hit one, yeah. Yeah, and I was just like, what? Like, <laughs> you're riding on ice? Like, you sent me the videos of it, and I'm just like... Dude, like one, I'm like, eh, that's a little too sketchy for me. Like, I don't know about this ice thing. I'm not trying to like die, like fall through the ice. I'm like, but it looks cool. Yeah, I mean, I feel like it'd be like riding a um, like riding like a jet ski. Like you, it's one of those things. Like you have to stay on the gas. Yeah. Like oh, you're turning. You you gotta you gotta throttle through everything. Yeah, and you just gotta take like kind of real wide arcing turns. Like it's not it's not gonna be fast. Like if <laughs> you need to turn around, like it's gonna take a minute. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, I don't know. I'm from I'm from California. And I was born here, so like, if, <laughs> if like, fuck the ice. <laughs> if it gets under like 50 degrees, I'm not riding to work. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I've been in the rain some, and I was not a fan. Uh, that shit's cold, dude. I don't know. Yeah, for sure. Some people really get off on that, but like, I, I would not make it in the mosquito fleet or puddle cutters. I'm <laughs> like, I'm I'm baby. So what's like a what's like your your bike of choice these days? Because you, you got a you got a pretty impressive stack, you know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've I've spent like a long time trying to like get it to like the the like you open my garage and it's like, oh damn, you got one of those. Yeah. So like I like that feeling, dude. Like I that's I feel like there's a lot of us. I feel like that's how a lot of us find ourselves deeper down the rabbit hole. It's yeah, fuck what other people say and who cares what other people think. But at the same time, in the back of my mind, I'm like, I want all these bikes in here to be a fucking flex. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, that I mean that I'm I'm not gonna lie, that's definitely part of it. Um recently I've I've been super fucking busy the last like uh, I mean, five, six months because I've been studying for the uh, LSAT to go to law school. Mm-hmm. So I haven't so, had like very much time to wrench. So recently, it's all been the TSM with the with the stage six kit. Uh, 
that's been like my daily, which is kind of a stupid daily, but you know, yeah, I want to, I want to actually hear about that. Let's, <laughs> let's pause for a second because that's not like a, just a build you can just pass over. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, there's a, there's another one out there somewhere. And I mean, you can, you can buy it on treats now. It's out. You yeah. can have one in your garage. Um, like every, everyone can have one. I know you, you, you yelled at me like I need to put it on the Fox and I'm just like, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was, uh, so when I was first getting into French bikes, uh, I was talking to Chloe about it and she was like, you know, like, here's the thing about French bikes. Like it's the, the cases are just like a little tiny, like piece of aluminum, just barely covering the crank. And like, that's sick because it's really simple, but they get heat soaked and you can't like shed heat very well like off that small mass of aluminum. So like all the, all the like big dick kits, they're all liquid cooled. So you should just try something liquid cooled. And so I think I started with like a 50 Doppler on my, uh, Grand Prix that I got. Mm-hmm. And <coughs> oh my <coughs> Grand Prix that I got. <coughs> oh, sorry. Excuse me, yeah. And which is sitting next to my Fantic Sprinter in between <coughs> my flat read oh, Art Chesty and Magnum X. Oh. oh, sorry guys. Sorry. I just stumbled over my words there. <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah, I like, I was pretty intimidated because I was like, okay, like I can build like, I can build like a simple kitted moped, but like liquid cooling, I don't know. That's like, I don't see a lot of liquid cooled bikes out there. And then I went and I actually did it and it wasn't actually very hard. Like it, there was like a little bit of a learning curve to it, but like it all made like a lot of sense. So from there I was like, okay, I'm only going to be doing like liquid cooled French bikes because I don't like looking down at that temp gauge with the fear, you know, the the paranoia. (laughs) Yeah. And so, um, from there, Andy had the Hobbit stage six kit had been out for a minute and Andy had been talking to Lee who I think he, he said his side of, uh, yeah. The kind of development of this on, on his episode, couple, couple ones back. But Mm -hmm. like, at the time, like, I don't think Andy knew I was really into, like, liquid-cooled French bikes. And so he's like, yeah, I got another spacer, but uh, I'm just going to hang on to it. I was like, oh, fuck. Like, I really want to build that, but I'm not going to tell him. And I'm just going to, like, build up the best liquid-cooled French bike I can without it and be like, I don't need yeah. st- stage six kit. <laughs> <laughs> so I did that, and then... I ended up blowing a hole in my piston like three times just because I was adding too much timing. Yeah. Eventually Andy came out and he's like, Oh, I didn't even realize you'd like want the other spacer. Like, yeah, just, just like take it. And Benji was like, yeah, yeah, sure. I'll just like, you know, it's R and D. We'll just like give you a stage six yet. I'm like, Oh damn. <laughs> so yeah, I ended up building that and it took me a long time actually because I wanted to like get everything perfect on it. Like, yeah, I, I did not want well, to cut. If you're investing that heavily into a kit, yeah, like, and it's also like, 
when we when we're if you're not familiar with what we're talking about, we're talking about the stage six kit that's like you know has some spacer plates. You can put it on a couple of different bikes now. But when I when we talk about things, I say this is the top tier best kit in mopeds right now. For now, yeah. For now, yeah. But in, in my opinion, I'd say that's the number one most powerful kit out the box. Yeah, the I mean. I won't get into it fully, but the port like timing numbers on that are just insane. Like I thought I was measuring wrong, but I like the exhaust duration when I put it together was like 210 degrees and it like still rips off the line. It, it's kind of insane. Yeah. Like if you look at the port map on treats, you'll like understand like how insane this is for moped technology because it's scooter technology being put on a moped. So yeah. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I, I, I actually didn't have that much invested in it, like money wise, but I did like have time and effort. I did have like a feeling like I should give this the best possible chance to succeed that I can so that we can like bring it to market. Like Mm -hmm. I didn't want to like make some stupid mistake and then we have to like evaluate whether it was like you know, my fault or like something's wrong with the engineering of it. Like, mm-hmm. you know, and, uh, yeah, I, I was like the testing ground was the, uh, the Seattle rally last year. And I was like in between studying for the LSAT, I was like religiously working on that bike. Like, I think I would wait until the temperature was like around what I thought it was going to be in Seattle for like a night ride. And then I would go like ride and like do a plug job right after. And like yeah. literally every time I rode that bike, I would take the spark plug off and like, take a look at it at the very least. And like inspect the, uh, the top of the piston. And, uh, yeah, just like kind of a very like rigorous style of mopeding that I was not used to, but, um, yeah, it was, it was really nice because I went and, I basically had, well, okay. I had, I had problems <laughs> during the rally. <laughs> I'm not going to front and say there was no problems, but, uh, they were unrelated to the stage six kit. The baffle on my Doppler pipe flew off. And then I ended up, I, I meant to like put fenders on it and I just like put it off. And then I had gotten a rock stuck in my tire and it flew up and like punched a hole in the bottom of the radiator at the end of the Saturday. So crazy. Yeah. That was a bummer. Um, luckily I was like, it was like maybe 10 minutes from magic touch at that point. So I kind of just like ripped it. Like I've pulled over, lost the pack and then would just like rip it until my temps got crazy and then just like stop and like go to a gas station and like pour water in it. And then, you know, I, I made it back like that. It was fun. Yeah. But I did not. Definitely a, a adventurous. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I didn't end up in chase, which was my main goal. So what was the, what's the, what's the full setup on that build? Yeah, that's, um, so for the Seattle rally, it was like pretty bog standard, like fast French bike transmission wise. Like it was the, Doppler clutch pulley with, you know, the, the Tomahawk brace and the upgraded one way bearing. And then just like a clutchless ER3 variator. 
And um, then for the, I mean, the cylinders, obviously the stage six kit, which I, I pretty much left alone. Like I didn't really see anywhere to like improve it very much. I think I like sanded the bottom of the piston a little bit. So that it wasn't like, it's like for whatever reason, like when pistons come from the factory, they don't like chamfer that part. And apparently that like squeegees the oil like off the bore of the cylinder as the pistons running. So you, I mean, I'm I'm not sure what kind of gains you see, but I just noticed it was a little sharp. So I just like chamfered that. But all the ports were like perfectly finger snipped. Like the finish on that is like so excellent. It's so beyond what we're used to seeing. That's sick. Um, and then I just had a Doppler pipe on it for the rally, but I've since put uh, like a too fast horizontal Minarelli uh, like drag race pipe, they call it. So it's a scooter pipe with, uh, I think it's got like 106, 107 mil cone in the middle. It's pretty gnarly. But it's not that much faster than the Doppler, which is funny. And then uh, I had a 28 mil uh, stage six PWK because I, I like to try and like channel Jono and put way too big of a carburetor on a French bike. <laughs> Like it needs all the gas it can get. Yeah, no, I mean more gas, more fast, right? Like, <laughs> no, that, I mean it works really well. I actually ran that carb on like a forty-five point five Melosi liquid cooled kit, and it was not bad. Like it wasn't that horrible to tune. It's definitely better on the stage six, but like, you know, I feel like the carb size doesn't matter as long as you have the chats. Like you can tune anything. Yeah, yeah. I mean, well, what's funny is you like small diatribe, but like you look at like the the Jennings like uh, two stroke books, like the seventies one, and he's like, yeah, I think like an appropriate size for like fifty cc bike, like carb size would be like you know a twenty eight thirty somewhere in there. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like obviously that's like a shifty bike, and it's like a very performance oriented like we're we're racing two strokes but like mm-hmm. you can get away with more than i think people think you can get away with in carb size like i mean it's kind of silly because like you know you you can over carb something but i i have yet to do it personally it's like as I as I test, we'll find the limit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think the the only thing on that was the uh, the power jet where it just like sprays gas like into the into the, like the mouth of the carb after you get past like three quarter throttle. That was just too much for the uh, Melosi kit, so it would just bog like mm. crazy after three quarter throttle. But mm. yeah, uh, with the stage six kit, it pulls it pretty well. And then to round it out, I have all this other like fancy technology and then I'm running the party CDI, the perfect CDI, <laughs> the perfect CDI, <laughs> but I put, um, an MVT CDI box on there. So it's got a curve. Okay. Yeah. Do you, do you go fucking internal mods? You know, like fucking, I remember back in the day, like lurking Tomahawk and like lurking the forms and being like, how do I get these lip parties to not just rattle the pieces? And like, 
I have to Loctite everything. He's put, what's the silicone stuff he's putting over top of it? Like, you know, like how is he protecting that plastic? You know? No, just red Loctite and the, you know, actual like 8.8 Allen bolts instead of the crappy, like not rated metric hardware that comes in it. Uh, I'm, yeah, I mean, people, again, like to make fun of me because I love the party so much. And, like, I've seen them, like, fail a bunch of times before. It just hasn't happened to me. So I have it in my head, like, if I go and, like, do the work on it and it's not even that much work, like, you know, I think those do that. Like, I lock tight all the bolts and replace them with the nicer metric hardware. And then I mm-hmm. lap the the flywheel to the crank taper. Yeah. Like, yeah. And that that's about all I do to them. And then obviously put the, the box of the curve on them. Sick. Have you run the, uh, the ER 86 clutch pulley yet? You know, I heard so many bad reviews about it that I, uh, I steered clear and I'm kind of glad I did at this point. Yeah. Yeah. Like I haven't, I don't know. I like, I've, I, I've been like, so out of the French game for a while that I haven't really paid that much attention to it. Mm-hmm. But I remember like, you know, the old Metropoli back in the day and like that thing being like epic. And then like, it was like, well, there was this epic pulley that's not around anymore. And then there's the Doppler pulley. And then this thing came out and it's like, Ooh, this is kind of a mix between the two. Like yeah. it's gotta be sick. Yeah. Like, they, know, they were, I've been out of the French game, so I don't know. They were trying to kind of copy certain aspects of the Microtech pulley that you're not able to get anymore because Microtech kind of folded. Uh, I think they still actually make some scooter stuff, but they are so out of doing moped stuff, which if any like performance company is like doing per- like performance moped parts, like they're silly. Like they just have too much yeah. money. Like it's not, <laughs> it's not a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, I think the the idea right was that you could adjust. Um, I, you know, I I don't even remember at this point, but like you could adjust you could the spring adjust tension the weight of a, of the springs and shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because on a regular Doppler clutch pulley, there's only really like you know, the stock springs that come on them and what people do to tune them is they like drill the shoes and then you can like countersink them to put variator weights in there. So you can change mm-hmm. the weight of your shoes kind of on the fly. But I mean, I think maybe they had a provision for that too, but basically uh, nobody liked it. Like uh, apparently the engagement was just like way too high and uh, yeah, I think, they had problems with the uh, posts that the clutch shoes were on, like snapping or at least bending because you weren't able to brace it either was the problem. Yeah. Yeah. The little circle brace wasn't enough. Yeah. 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 So I, I think it was only like M4 is holding that circle brace on. So that's not like hefty hardware by any means. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas you look at the Tomahawk one and that's pretty much ripped straight from the uh from the spx factory clutch brace on the spx clutch pulley so yeah i you know there are other clutch pulleys out there i won't get into them too much but like you can still get like a bit low clutch pulley if you really want like they're out there you'll pay like eight hundred dollars for something about <laughs> as a doppler clutch pulley but 
you can get them if you want to flex. Uh, but yeah, uh, that I don't I don't want to like blow any cover here, but that, I feel like that's going to be probably one of like the longer term traits projects after some Hobbit stuff gets wrapped up. Yeah. Uh, I feel like it's funny. Like the the whole concept of flexing on mopeds is all is always like hilarious too. It's like, <laughs> yeah, we're 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 out here doing it, but at the same time, in the back in the back of my minds, there's this little there's this little guy on my shoulder. It's just like, dude, no one cares. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, ooh, this will impress like three people. <laughs> yeah, you know, at, like the the couple like so like yeah, you get out of the world. Like say like you know you, you're you're normal kind of person you're averaging you maybe hit five rallies a year yeah like yeah and like so cool you hit five rallies a year in a really niche community <laughs> where you might see like you know ten percent of the people that are actually involved in mopeds right like who might take the time to like pay attention and look at the bike you have and what's on it yeah. Who might know that well, that part you have is a flex because they actually like <laughs> fuck with that one brand. Like yeah. it's it just like it keeps dwindling and dwindling. Yeah, no, dwindling. It, the the number of fingers left out is just like rapidly decreasing. I think, yeah, I, think like, I think Chloe put it best when she was like, "Yeah, I want to get the mic check clutch pulley and just wear it on a chain." Like, <laughs> just like flavor flavor style just like <laughs> just go to the rally and just spin it you know like <laughs> or like send out a christmas card and like the mic attack pulleys at the top of the tree instead of the star yeah. like you know just oh, never never run it hilarious. ever though <laughs> oh dude yeah. that's great that's super funny <laughs> <laughs> yeah so yeah, I mean, yeah, I don't know. Funny. But um, you you talking about that like kind of reminded me of one of the things I wanted to talk about, which is like when I started at Treats, I didn't realize like how big the other side of like mopeds is, which is just people who have a moped and don't give a shit about like moped culture and whatnot. Oh yeah, and, just team rando that needed a part. Yeah, yeah, and like for them, like you know, like if. If I say like, oh, we have a kit, that's like a bad thing. They're like, no, OEM, I want the original. Yeah. No, OEM NOS. That's why you see so much OEM NOS, like little tiny parts on traits is because like that shit sells and it like funds all the other stuff we're trying to do. Like it's kind of crazy actually, but yeah. that. Well, well, you also think about what the, the longevity of mopeds parts, like, yeah, there's these bikes that have been around for 30 years and you pull it out and you put some fresh carb cleaner in there and you, you know, fresh plug and you fire it up and it runs and you can ride it around and it's going to keep running and riding around yeah. stock as can be for another 20 years. Yeah. But all the shit we're doing is like time bombs, like oh. eventually to some part. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, we are just like pushing it way past like where it's actually supposed to be. And like the classic, like, there's like three situations I hear about for like the, the team rando people, like one, they have a moped and they use it to check their mail at the end of their driveway. Two, they're like an older retired couple and they drive around the country in their RV and they have like two NC fifties or two FA fifties. And they just like put around on those when they don't want to take the RV into town the campground bike. Yeah. And like three, it's like the original owner and they've like kept that thing like 
polished super cherry and are like, this is going to be worth money one day, which feel sorry for those. <laughs> like, I mean, what are you talking about, dude? The make money is today. You can sell them for $6,000. That's true. Bring a trailer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I, I don't know who's buying those is the thing. It must, it must be dudes who like had them when they were kids and they're like, I want the exact same one I had when I was yeah. a kid and now I'm super rich. Yeah. Now they're old with some money and they, and they watch like restoration shows and like monkey ranch or whatever the fuck. And they're like, Ooh, <laughs> you know, yeah. for a minute, like in every like moped, uh, like Craigslist ad that Will was making, he would just like throw in like, as seen on American Pickers, <laughs> trying, trying to get that that old money market. <laughs> yeah, gas monkey, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, people think they're like really coming up on something. They're like, oh, this old little vintage motorcycles, European. It's only like eight hundred dollars. <laughs> like, yeah, uh, dude. Like lately, I've been like having this issue with just like the internet and like the 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 trolling and or honest for sale prices of mopeds have gotten so ridiculous that I can't tell the difference anymore yeah. whether someone's just trolling or if they're really asking for a price. Yeah. It's gotten it's gotten out of hand. It's really wild. I know like lately everyone like there was a big upstorm or whatever about like uh <sighs> I can't I'm brain farting, but like the couple the couple bikes that the homie from um whatever fucking club like he's building that series of custom bikes for that like auto shop oh okay it's like it's like a car dealerships like you know bought like a lot of custom built mopeds uh-huh. and he's like making these awesome bikes like fully painted fully custom decaled like every parts replaced every bolts brand new like perfect mm-hmm. perfect perfect bikes but then the the car dealership or whatever is like, has them posted for like insane amounts of money like six thousand bucks yeah i it's mean it's like well, here's- yeah, they have that much time and effort and love, and they're custom. They're one of one offs, but it's like, you know, uh, for every for every ass, think- there's a bike or whatever. You know, they they might sell yeah. to someone, but it's not well, the typical bike. I think I think one of the beautiful things about mopeds is that like we just don't value our labor at all. Like, oh, yeah. like you you know, going into it, like I'm building this bike for me. And like, it's not really going to be worth like the amount of time and effort and money that I put into it at the end of it, but that's okay because it's, I'm building something I want to make, but like, mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I started getting into like, um, you know, like Yamaha Enduro two strokes and I was like, Oh damn, I can just like kind of fix these bikes up. And people are like amazed and they're willing to pay way more money than they were worth before when I got them. Like, I don't know. I've I've never been much of a flipper. Like, you know, I think I've sold like three mopeds in my whole career, Mm -hmm. but like, I was like, Oh damn. Like I forget sometimes that like the skills and like knowledge that we learned through these little things was like, if you apply it to something different, it can actually be like kind of worth some money. But I also love that it's not worth any money in mopeds. I'd love to see it stay that way. (laughs) Yeah. I've always known that like there's a there's a there's definitely a point of you know like you're just like you're not gonna get anything back out of it after this, dude. Yeah. You know, like diminishing returns definitely started hitting hard right here. Yeah. Yeah. 
Well, like, like once you get past like a kit, a carb in the pipe, like that, that's it. I think like, you know, once like people with like the transmission coolers and stuff these days, like, I don't know. Like, I feel like at a certain point people have to like unbuild the bike and then like put the parts back on that they want on it now. So it, yeah. it doesn't make sense, but you know, I remember people that used to do that. Like, I remember like Sean and some other boys that, you know, they flip bikes. They like one, like, I don't want to take the time to do that shit. Like I'd rather have like, like, Oh, you're building a bunch of E fifties and whatever. I'd rather have like a motor that's like your motor and that's our built up and has all the things you want the bells and whistles and you that's what you ride and then when you want to sell the bike you just like put the stock motor that runs back on yeah that way you're not like trying to like you know sell all these parts that you're never going to be able to get the money the value back out of oh, or and then or and then the person, detune the bike yeah then the, the, person, the effort of detuning yeah yeah the person you sell it to isn't going to call you and be like oh i see so like <laughs> You know, it, yeah. a stock running bike is like just because everything on the bike is made for, guess what, a one to two horsepower engine and making it yeah. five to like 20 horsepower is a bad idea. But we keep doing it because yeah. it's fun. It's true. It's so fun. But it's also it's like the, the time you put into building that motor up like took you a bunch of time and effort. And then like if you want to sell it and you want to take the parts back off, now you're spending a bunch of time taking parts back off. Yeah. Like, wouldn't you be better off just having the original motor saved and just like, okay, pull, I'll just put a stock motor back on this. Thing. I mean, that's it's in the other road. That to me is like one of the sickest thing is about like French bikes is you can just buy cases. Like they're just out, yeah. you know, you can buy your Melosi cases and like keep the stock motor in a box, you know, Hundred hundred bucks, bam! There's some cases you're gonna build the motor anyway. Yeah, exactly. Like, and now you have like a sick AM six intake and huge transfers, and you're not hacking up like you know, well, like your stock cases. So, I mean, I get it. Like, not everyone has an extra hundred bucks to spend on just cases, but that's one of the nicer parts for me. Yeah, but soon it's like, but you guys, but you should, guys, you should. <laughs> Just do it. Just do it. You know, Nike. Yeah. I mean, just pull that trigger. Like if, if you're like, Oh, I like want to build this crazy thing. Like just take this as your sign. Just, you know, try it on one bike, one bike. If yeah. it doesn't work out, that's one bike. Yeah. You know? And I like that feeling too. Once you've been in mopeds for a while, like I, that sense of wanting to like build the bike the best you can. Like, I feel like every next bike I build, like I'm like, I want to do this better than I did it last time. Yeah. Yeah. That's the thing. Like going back to bikes I built before, I'm like, Oh man, like I totally didn't even like do this thing that I do on every build now. And like, occasionally I'll go like, um, a specific example on, uh, on all my Peugeots now, I've been like slowly rebuilding the whole fleet to like actually shim the crank in the cases so that it can't walk back and forth i love that shit so like i I, so i'm originally a french dude like i loved french shit and i've been down every rabbit hole i've read every thread i've read every post (laughs) i've like i remember when tomahawk's videos were speaking in english i can't believe (laughs) that he only does french now like why are you an asshole uh like (laughs) you know three knees down blog like i was lurking his shit Mm -hmm. and like I was really into what he was doing, like Vin- Vincent, Victor, I can't, Pagan, I can't uh, remember. His name. Victor, Pagan, yeah, Victor. He, he still orders, yeah. actually. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's, like, I had him on recently, like, he started riding again, but, uh-huh. like, he, 
when he started writing, doing his blog stuff, and then like he beat like fucking Tomahawk at the cup, and I was like, <laughs> "Yo, that's sick!" You know, it was like it blew up. It was tight, yeah. but it was like when he was giving his information away, it wasn't like, "Ooh, I'm giving information away, and I don't want to like give it away." Mm-hmm to people here because they're going to, then they're going to build what up. No, like you give away all the information you want. Yeah. And 5% of the people that hear are actually going to like, try it. Yeah. Like, like, let's be honest. People are fucking lazy. Like, <laughs> you know, like we're all, they got other shit going on. Half the time you give away everything. No one's going to fucking do it. I mean, but like, okay. I agree with you. Like, yes, it's like easy to like, kind of be down on ourselves. Like not even down on ourselves. We're just like joke about being lazy, but like, I feel like if you choose mopeds, you just can't like you're, you're taking the time to like try and get like your hobby is working basically. <laughs> like, yeah. like, so yeah, like it's a job. Yeah. You're like, Oh wait, oh, man, I can't wait until I get off work and I can go work. <laughs> like, you know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, like, yeah. I mean, yeah, but- speaking to that though, like I, I, um, I talked to Seth K the boy mm-hmm. uh a lot and he is very much into scooters these days like i yeah. kind of my because i i've never fucked with scooters but now i'm all like how much scooter tech can i fit on a moped <laughs> <laughs> but like yeah i talked to him about it and then he says in the scooter scene it's like so different because one there's a lot more money right so like yeah there's so many more of these bikes and there's so much more R and D and there's so much more like choice of parts. If you get like, you know, the horizontal Minarelli or your Piaggio zip, like the big ones, you know, have like, mm-hmm. you can build anything you want. Like you can buy, yeah. I like a dual cylinder case just from the factory, like ready to go. Like you can do insane stuff, but because there's so much more money and there's so many more shops that work on these things, like, people are really protective about like their tuning secrets. Like it's like, yeah, like people won't tell you what jet they're running in like a certain cylinder. Like, and that, that just blows my mind to me. Cause like, you know, mopeds, like we're all like, I don't know. It's, it feels like we're all trying to get each other to the finish line. And so to have like a, con- a competitive attitude about it is just like so alien to me. I'm not saying that's well, that's why it's with everybody, but like from what I've heard, it's it's a little more prevalent. But that's why it's funny when you do see that in the community. It's like, yo, really? There's someone like <laughs> you. You don't you don't want to tell people because because you think they're gonna fucking take something some food off your plate. Like, what the fuck? Are you like relax, bro. Yeah, my 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 example I was point to is uh, James Culver from down in Long Beach. Absolute madman. He will write every single like tuning variable all over his bike. Like you look at Hobbit and it's like 19 PHBG, 262 atomizer, 79 main jet, W7 needle. And like, and then like you look at the variator and it's like running like three yellows and three, six gram weights. Like (laughs) he's literally giving it all away, like on the bike, like, I love it. Yeah. Like I've, I keep the notepad in my phone, but like legit, like putting it like on some fucking like, you know, Ziploc riding bag, like on the bike would be awesome. No, it's like, it's like written on the bike, like on the frame. He like writes it. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's a trip. But like the other side is like, you know, he does, he does race moped GP. So I'm like, yo, what if he's like 
tweaking the numbers a little bit from what they actually are to like throw people. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) No, he he wouldn't do that. I think he's too genuine for that. That was was my thought at the time. Yeah. Dude, speaking of like the, the, the case shimming, like for, I mean the crank shimming, like, do you use the, uh, do you use the, the, the spacer gauge? Like when you measure the, the gap inside of your cylinder? Oh yeah. So I got, um, I got mock-up bearings. So, you know, you can, you can make them, but treat sells them for Moby and Puto, yeah. I think. And they're the slip fit. Yeah. Yeah. They're just slip fit bearings. And I think the ones from treats are now all like, like nylon or something. They used to be brass, but now they're nylon. But so literally all I do is I put the cases together with those and the case gasket. And then I have like, um, what's the term? A dial indicator. Well, like set up on my vice and I just vice the, the cases in set it up to the dial indicator and like, see how much I can like push the crank. Okay. Yeah. Cause I've seen like, cause I had, I bought the set cause Vince Victor had it on his blog mm-hmm. and it's, I can't remember what it's actually called, but it's a, it's a, it's a gauge. It's like a micrometer, but it, it opens from the inside. Oh, the, so the, you, put it, you put it in your case and then it opens up and it gives you the width. And then you can just do the math on like how much space you have between your bearings and your crank Yeah, and to like, you know, from left to right. I can't remember the name of it either, but I have like the cheap hardware freight one, obviously, and it's not big enough for cases. But the method I'm talking about, it works super well because it just tells you like how much shim you need. Like it literally like you push the crank over and it's like, 0.6 millimeter. Like, oh, okay. Oh, so it's how far the crank, how the far the crank moves. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because I mean, I feel like getting your crank like perfectly centered is, is nice, I guess. But like, it doesn't super matter because the piston self centers in the bore, right? Like it's able to slide like back and forth on the needle bearing and the wrist pin. But I have seen but I have seen crank shim. I mean, crank uh, cheeks rub on the inside of cylinders. Oh, I, I, I haven't seen that before. Maybe that's more of like, like in, like in hobbits. Like if your cranks not like cool, you just smash your shit together, and then your cranks like pushed all the way over one side, and it could be like your crank could legit be touching the case. Oh, I see. And, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so like normally when I build a motor, but even before I put a cylinder on it, I turn the you know I turn spin the flywheel, mm-hmm. and if you can if you're spinning it and the crank just doesn't doesn't just spin, like you can't get a couple rotations out of the out of the crank, yeah, like from just tossing the flywheel, like it's it's something's rubbing, yeah. So you so you look in there, like and a put, lobe put on a the on the crank is like yeah. rubbing against. I see what you're saying. Yeah, like like you put a feeler gauge yeah. between the crank and the case to see if your crank's like you know what you should have a gap. Yeah, and like it can be too far over one way, uh-huh. and so you put on like a puller, or you can use like a hammer or something if you don't have a puller, and you can knock it back over some. Yeah. so that it's centered, so it actually spins free. Yeah, I mean, what what I typically do is like I try and kind of just like center it by eye, and then I'll use like if I had like a point five mil like play in the crank, I would use like a 0.3 on one side and like a 0.2 on the other side. So I'm always shimming every side. I'm just not super worried about getting it like perfectly centered in the case. Yeah. Like, like I definitely would want to do that though. Like I've, I've never done it. And like with buying the shims, like I've only just like, Oh, let me just like 
you know, get it centered and like run it. But, like having the shims means like it'll never move, which is kind of cool. Yeah, yeah. Because I mean, that's that's the problem on a lot of uh, Peugeots is that the crank starts to walk when the motor heats up, and then it'll just totally tear up your uh, clutch or uh, sorry, your stator side st- seal. And then that's the one that's hard to replace on Peugeot because you got to crack the cases to get to it. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's, uh, it, it, there's definitely like a lot of little intricacies that you can like learn to kind of, I don't know. I feel like they don't add a ton to your builds, but they start adding up for sure. Yeah. All the little stuff counts. And when you start, you know, mm-hmm. trying to get to the, the top of the tier, you know, yeah, absolutely. I mean, the one the build I'm working on right now, it's my next like shut them down bike. Is I'm, <laughs> is I'm hacking up some uh, horizontal Minarelli cases that were from like uh, I think it was like a Polaris Predator 90 or something, like a little ATV, and it happened to use like horizontal Minarelli cases one year. And the scooter dudes don't use them because you can't like put a 12 inch wheel on the transmission, but I'm hacking the transmission off and I'm going to try and make that thing swing with the parallelogram. Oh. Yeah. But sick. That's like parallelograms, like top of the tier French flex. Yeah, that's uncharted no territory for me right now. Yeah, yeah. No one's really doing it. Like the, the amount of people who are running that yeah. is like, it's so slim. few. It's, I think, it's like having some like rare bike from Dose, you yeah. know? <laughs> well, that's the other part of it is I'm getting um, an MBK FX for it, which if you don't know it, is like the super sick like AV10 dirt bike thing. So, yeah, that that should be on the way to me soon. And then I'll be modifying the frame a bunch and tearing it all apart. And I'm sure I won't be able to get it running for the rallies I want to go to this year, but <laughs> one day. But one day I'll be done shitting on the rest of the moped game. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't know. I I know people who are running the parallelogram. I know Naz has done it a couple times. Um, you know, that makes sense because he's like a French fucking wizard from like mm-hmm. the way back. I think maybe Shane Johnson, Midwest, might have. Uh, I think he... Yeah, I think he's got one. Yeah, I think he's got a Bitolo RS, which you can, like, buy the, the like, pre-made brackets that are just for Bitolo RS. Like, actually... I- yeah, I mean, he's he's super... He's so deep in, like, the French rabbit hole, like, the money hole. You know, he's got... he's 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 got it. I put him, like, up there for sure, like, top five French dudes in the country. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, the, they've both the guys I mentioned too have just been at it so long and they're like, they, they're so knowledgeable, but then they just like, don't have a lot of ego about it. <laughs> yeah. I also like the, like, I also like the one, like the one tracked mind, like they're focused, like Shane's for sure. Like focused on that shit. Mm-hmm. Like he's not, doing what we're doing he's not like okay i got this hobbit over here and i got this like pook over there like yeah i'm buying a couple tomoses for no reason i got this dirt you know like he's like no i'm hyper focused on like being the best at this thing yeah and i mean that shit pays off you know like you can you can really like go leaps and bounds in 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 like finding stuff out if you're just all your bikes are one platform and you're just 
trying your absolute best to like perfect that platform. Yeah. And the amount of like money and resources you're not like shitting into the wind, like to build, you know, to build up multiple brand bikes is like, it it doubles and triples because you're buying you have to buy all new of everything. You can't like, you know, share parts. It is fun though. Like some, that, some days I'm like, yeah, it's like a single speed day. I'm going to take a knee 50 to work. <laughs> like, you know, like, I mean, they all hit different and I feel like we kind of like find some that we were like, I, I was talking to like Rigsby about this and he was like, yeah, man, you know, I just like rode two speeds and like, that's just I love the feel of like a two speed transmission on a moped. So mm-hmm. you just like gravitates to Tomos and VA, I guess. I feel like it to me it's like the weather. It's like living somewhere with seasons. Mm-hmm. Like one makes you appreciate the other. Yeah. Like cool, like I can go like and make oh it's winter, like oh it's fall, like a cool got my hoodie on, like yeah, hoodie season. This is great. And then like you know, summer comes around and you're like sick. I'm wearing shorts and I'm out here like going swimming and stuff. You know, huh. it's the same thing with mopeds. It's like, yeah, like I've been riding the single speed bike and it's like fun. It's doing the things. I'm getting there just fine. And like, I won't ride like my dual variators or Hobbit or Derby or something for a while. And then like you hop back on it and you're like, oh, that's what this is about. Never mind. I forgot <laughs> all about this. You know, you forget what it feels like if you don't do it for a while. Oh, absolutely. I, I totally know what you're talking about. Like, you know, you, I feel like I pared it down. Uh, some like my fo- like, you know, I used, I was saying like, I want every top tank. Now I don't want every top tank. Like, <laughs> I, I want, I want my French bikes. I want my Pookie fifties and I want some derbies, but you know, outside of that, like, I mean, uh, the Minerali C2 on the on the Sprinter is interesting, but I don't mm-hmm. think there's, like, enough of those out there for me to, like, even take a deep dive if I wanted to. Yeah. Yeah. Like, that's kind of, I don't know. Like, I've seen, like, those exploded engines with, like, the Frank Marini fucking shit running around lately, and I'm like, yeah. these things look fucking rad inside uh-huh. but i'm like i don't want to i don't want anything to do with it <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah I, I a long time ago um benji gifted me this uh it's uh it's called a peugeot xp50 i think he made it on the treats instagram and it's like a beautiful looking bike it's like this super sick like red and black uh like peugeot dirt bike and it's like dual variated too like you know, it, it's not your typical Peugeot motor, like the motor's in place and it's kind of like a weird rinky dink copy of like a flat reed. Like, mm-hmm. like the clutch is braced like a flat reed, but the springs are just this ridiculously long spring. And like, it was sick and I built it up and I put like a 40, I, I think I put the aerosol large port on it and a 19 PHBG and the exhaust was like not restricted. Like it's a pretty nice like motocross style exhaust. Yeah. And that shit went like thirty two. <laughs> 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 I was like, wait, this is like not that much better than stock. So I like went and like put the um the Melosi multivar variator because I was like, oh maybe like I need to like tune the weights, but I can't really like I don't want to be like laving weights all day. And uh, yeah. that, that shit just like geared out to like 32 no matter what you did you could get to 32 faster but like yeah that the problem was with it i i ended up uh 
like trading it to Jack was like, it, it, I just like, couldn't, I couldn't find the parts I needed for it. I'd be like, mm-hmm. Oh, I need this part, but it doesn't exist. And like, you know, people like J bot and stuff. They're like, Oh, well I just make everything I need and think of, but I'm not that talented. <laughs> like, yeah. You know, you don't have that kind of time and effort to put into it. (laughs) Yeah. Like I didn't want to like, you know, spend all day like making clutch springs on the lathe because I could, I could do that and then have it go like 35 instead of 32. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of a funny thing. It's like that we rarely think about now because it's like so much of the information and the, and the builds are already like figured out. Yeah. They're like preset. Yeah, right now it's like a lot of it's fucking plug and play. We can all hit about the same speeds, doing about the same stuff. Like getting above fifty, like isn't the hard. Like any everyone can figure it out. Yeah, but there's something about those builds that like you're not really sure what it should be or what it could do or what the gearing should be. And you build it and you put it together and you fire it up and you're like, hell yeah, yeah. it runs. And you go to ride it down the street and you come back and you're like, hell yeah, I'm doing 42. <laughs> this doesn't make, you know, like this yeah. doesn't make any sense. That, that was the other like fucking pain in the ass thing was that bike. It used a 428 pitch chain. And so like, I was like, oh, well, okay, I'll just, like, figure out some sprocket I can drill holes in and, like, put on the... Yeah, no, that wasn't happening. Like, I wasn't about to, like, start buying a bunch of motorcycle sprockets and, like, try and figure out, like, what I could modify to fit on there because buying motorcycle sprockets is different than buying moped sprockets, and they don't like telling you the dimensions. They just tell you what motorcycle it's for. So, yeah, I mean... yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think Jack's just ripping that thing around his backyard, so it's perfect for that. (laughs) Yeah, a little little yard getter, dude. Yeah, a little little backyard flat track. Yeah. Sometimes you need that moped, too, that's just like a little toy. Like, it's not, like, meant to be like anything. I'm not meant to, like, take this out on some fucking ride. It's just, like, to kick around, like, to run the corner store. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, it it makes a lot of sense. I, I don't do that for some reason but I probably should just have like a stalker or like a very mild built bike. Yeah. But then like, then no one's going to drop their jaws when they open the garage and see that one. You're like, <laughs> was that thing in the corner? Yeah. Yeah. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> like that bike that just doesn't make any sense. Like oh. someone, <laughs> one of these is not like the other. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like all, all these like super sick rare bikes and then just a stock maxi and, then you're like just to fuck with the person you're just like yeah check out the stock maxi dude the root yeah, beer it's the root beer color one. <laughs> oh, dude i love it yeah uh, mopeds are crazy dude like we could fucking talk about this stuff forever but it's getting late so we gotta wrap oh up. yeah absolutely man <laughs> i mean it's been good talking to you but yeah no for sure dude i really appreciate you coming on and like fucking hanging out like and i liked it like one thing I love about my club is like that I I don't talk to the boys a lot, but I feel like I I can always just like have a good conversation with anybody. Yeah, you can always like just like, like jump right back in wherever you were at. Yeah, yeah, no, that's that's one of the great things about it. And it's like deep, deep fucking, you know, deep fucking dugout of like boys that like know all the know know something cool about something, you know? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, you can you can just 
drop something in the group chat and you're bound to get a couple answers or maybe like a dick pic, but like probably an answer. (laughs) (laughs) Dude, hell yeah. Dude, like fucking, I didn't even get into like how you found like black, black and like how you kind of like made your way into the club. Cause my like way getting in was really kind of random. Cause like I was just riding mopeds by myself Uh and then I kind of like met some people and then they were like, I just had a bunch of mopeds in my apartment, like locked to a fence. And I was like, I gotta, I gotta do something. Cause I had five mopeds locked up to a fence in the parking lot. Yeah. And it was just like, this isn't working. And one of my homies was like, dude, like, Trench. like my buddy, Sean has a moped yeah. shop. Like, you know, a couple of people lease space from him. Like, I'm sure you could like get in there. Yeah. And I showed up and they're like, yeah, you can rent a bench or whatever. And like load, save, you know, park your shit in here. And yeah. it's like, Hundred bucks a month or eighty bucks a month or whatever it was, and like met. And that's how I met Sean, and he's like, yeah. I pulled in. I pulled. I actually pulled in my Moby. I had a fully built out Motobicane that like started and ran, but I never like really like had got it dialed. Mm. And like and like I just like I was just super team rando, and I come into the garage like into his shop with five mopeds, and one of them was like a fully painted built out Mo- Moby forty T. Oh, I can just imagine like, it. What? <laughs> He's like, he's like, he's like, what is this? I'm like, oh, you'd be like, oh what? yeah, like I've been reading, I've been reading Open Army. He'd <laughs> <laughs> be like, okay, all right, bring him on the team. <laughs> yeah, dude. And, then, and then my prospect journey began. Oh it yeah, it was fun. Uh, that's that's great. Yeah, you got you got well, Sean. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, you know, it there, there wasn't anything like. I feel like West Coast Black Black has always just been like more low-key or chill than other chapters i feel like i don't know as california should be right exactly yeah i think i think it's kind of got that rep for that reason and uh yeah basically like i was getting really into mopeds and i was like okay i kind of want to keep doing this with other people so i should figure out a club and like i said i was talking to i think it was ashley who i lived with at the time and she was like yeah, you know, I think I think he'd just be a good fit to Black Black. I don't know. And uh, so, yeah, I think I just bothered Will and Dana until they were willing to prospect me. <laughs> <laughs> I think I just, like, kept showing up at rides. And, like, I think I, like, Instagram DM Dana. I was like, hey, I, I know this is weird, but, like, I just really want to, like, try to be on the team. So. I'm trying to get down with the best boys. <laughs> yeah. I'm actually stoked because uh, I think I might have uh, my first prospect. I've never prospected anyone, but I think I might oh, have nice, a candidate for that. But I need to talk to Derek about it. Yeah. I mean, that's another cool thing I like about mopeds. Like, yeah, whether you want to be in a club or whether people don't want to be in a club. Like, the fact about it is, like, being in a club is, like, giving you more community and more like, letting you share your knowledge with people you're tight with. But, like bringing on a prospect or bringing someone in that you want to like, it's like taking someone under your fucking wing, dude. It's like, all right, cool. This is my little bird and I'm going to fucking bring him up in the fucking ways and like show him all the things that like someone taught me that I wish I would have gotten sooner. And like, you know, like you're, you're, you're really helping accelerate someone's like, you know, come up in the game. Well, and also like, I've tried to do that by myself a couple times and it's like really exhausting actually. Like it takes a lot of work to do that by yourself and like to keep someone motivated in the early part of mopeds. Cause it's like, 
mm-hmm. yeah, I know you just like bought this kit that's $200 and uh, you didn't check the ring gap or like champ for the ports. So now it's like basically trash. That's uh, kind mm-hmm. of like a tough pill for people to swallow, you know, but like, yeah, I mean, it's, it's nice to like kind of spread that like network out and like have other people that you feel like the person can like go to and ask and then, you know, like, and also everyone's like knowledge base is different too. Like, you know? Yeah. And like, it's like, for those who like, don't, you know, I'm not, every club's different, but it's like, I feel like rarely is it like some hazing fucking like bullshit. Like, Oh, we're just going to fuck with them all the time. And like, you know, send him to the fucking store in his fucking panties. You know, like it's, it's not always some bullshit. It's like a lot of the time it's just like, Oh yeah, we're just going to like have him do the things that he needs to learn that are going to help him yeah. like be better at mopeds. And also, you know, I, I, I vaguely remember carrying an entire barbecue across pipeline at your guys' rally when I was prospecting, <laughs> but you know, and, and cleaning an entire taco truck with a bottle of water. <laughs> <laughs> But that wasn't like angry. But that shit was but that shit was also like epic, dude. It was like we took a grill to a spot that no one grills at. Yeah. It was like we're gonna go to the river and we're gonna bring a grill to the river. And like no one in Richmond does that. I'll, ever. I'll tell you what, I know why. Because that shit was fucking awkward. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm gonna need you I'm need you guys to carry this grill down a ladder. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it it was a sick barbecue, though. I'll, I'll give you all that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It was good times, mm-hmm. good times. Yeah, epic, epic rally. I don't know anyone else in Memphis seen us taking people to a NASCAR race. <laughs> no, that was that was definitely a top tier rally. Like, I'm sad. I'm sad. Wet, wet. Never really, uh, never really appeared. Oh, but who knows? Maybe. Fuck, fucking 2020, dude. What a bummer. <laughs> I was so stoked on that one, but you guys don't even know, man. Like we, we had the craziest, like rundown ish, rundown ish campground. Like literally this town is like, literally like the reason for the town is that it has a giant lake. Like people like go there to party on the lake. The lake's got like a state park that like, it has like a beach, like the, to be on the lake they do fireworks over the lake like people have fancy ass houses there's like you know for, so like yeah i got my lake house down here like and then there's this campsite that's like yeah there's some kind of semi-permanent residents that like you know they they live here yeah there's some guys that like bring their like a hundred thousand dollar campers and park them over there and we also have like all this random field that people can just like rent to camp and they were like we're like, hey, like we're trying to bring like 150 people here on mopeds. Like, you guys like have like a spot we can all like camp together. And like, yeah, you guys can use this whole section of grass right here. <laughs> and like, we have this big, we just have this big company that's gonna have like all the stuff down by the waterfront, you know, because they because they rent it out for like their big like you know holiday party, and they're gonna have a DJ and fireworks. And we're like, yeah, like cool, like we can party with that too. Sick. Yeah. Like. You could walk to a little bathroom. There was a shitty motel across the street if you wanted to, like, actually have a room and stuff. They had, like, the cheap-ass motel across the street. Yeah. Like, they had, like, you could rent pontoon boats in this place. Yeah. So we're like, yeah, let's rent a pontoon boat. Let's fucking rent us a jet ski. Let, dude, it was it was tight. It was going to be sick. Oh, man. I'm, again, very, very bummed that that didn't come to fruition. But, like, hey, maybe, maybe a couple years. Or, like... 
the other thing that we were joking about, like early COVID, that like COVID like stopped like some horrible thing from happening at a rally. <laughs> like maybe the pontoon boat would have like sunk or something. Like, <laughs> yeah, who, who knows how wild it would have got? Yeah. You know, like, yeah. can we like did the like, if we bought a two stroke jet ski and we fix it up? Like, would it like break down on somebody like out in the middle of the lake? Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah, and they're stuck out there. The whole, yeah, so like, who knows? But I, you know, yeah. I, I'm excited for for the next one. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, I have I have some crazy ideas. I think I threw them in the group chat. Like I had like so I'm like I'm gonna put them out there because I never I don't think I talk about them. Yeah. But like before I go, I'm like my couple moped ideas that I've always wanted to do. One was gonna be like, yo, dude, we gotta do this like moped rally that we just call Death March. And like <laughs> and we just like we, I've like, heard we this turn, one, but yeah. We turn, yeah, we turn left, drive straight forever, last one to break down, <laughs> you know wins. Every Sacramento ride ever. <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's like dude uh, this was the boringest fucking yeah. ride <laughs> i i don't or of a or oh I'm, what's up? i I don't want to like blow up his spot too much but mike boyd has some like seriously good ideas for rallies and like at some point i need to like actually like talk with him about like just about this but like he was, he was telling me that he wants to do one where like they, they rent out like a campsite, like an actual like boy mm-hmm. scout campsite in the off season. Yeah. And everyone gets like a troop leader. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, and like you get put on like different teams and like the teams are like competing have different, different moped events. Dude, that'd be sick. We have a fucking captured a flag in the middle of the night. Oh my God. That would be so fucking cool. Dude, that'd be sick. Let flashlight tag. Dude, we're really getting it, dude. Yeah. <laughs> But then you're like not sneaky at all because you're on a moped. <laughs> yeah. uh, that's that's when the e bikes take over. Dude, I'd be into that, dude. We do we do like a downward. We do a fucking pinewood derby. Mm-hmm. Like every team gets to like build like a pine car and like uh, no, dude. You just instead, of having, like, instead of having a lead. Oh yeah, <laughs> down a hill. Yeah, just which moped is geared the best for being pushed downhill? Yeah. <laughs> Like, don't bring your flex bike. I swear. <laughs> Dude, I, I thought about um, renting out an entire indoor go kart spot too. Ooh. I thought that'd be sick. Like, so you do the ride, and then you end at a at an indoor electric go kart place, and then we all just get to race go karts all day, and like have in house like catering, and then like we ride back, and it's over. Okay, that that's it. I gotta say, Yacht Club killed it with the end of ride spot in I think it was like 2019. They ended. Mm-hmm. They ended the Sunday ride at the cat show. What's a cat show? It's like a show where people like show their like fancy breed bred cats, and like the the judges like are like, ah, oh, yes, this cat is like you know <laughs> a, an excellent example of its breed. <laughs> like <Yeah. laughs> pure, just pure bred fucking <laughs> yeah. What was that rally? Oh, the rally was called Race Car Bed. That was a good one. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> All right, man. Well, like I- someone 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 wins a race car bed. We actually just send them home with it. <laughs> it's Amazon ship. It's Amazon ship to their door. Yeah, I, I think that they. Uh, I think they might have done that. And then I also remember for their next rally, I was going to just raffle off like a gun. <laughs> like I, I i had like this uh this like burner that like just it wasn't registered to anyone i was like yeah let's just raffle it 
<laughs> yeah, if I can zero zero numbers filed all off. Like, <laughs> yeah. Like, don't get pulled over this one, boy. <laughs> I wasn't gonna put any ammo in it, but people were really concerned about that one because it's California. <laughs> yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah. Well, dude, that's it, dude. We're fucking wrapping this thing up, bro. Yeah. <laughs> Awesome, dude. Calder, thanks for coming on, man. I really appreciate it, man. Of course, man. Thanks for having me. I hope to hope to see yeah. you at a rally or two this year. Of course, dude. Uh, I'll post this tomorrow, and I'll like you know I'll tag you on Instagram and all, all the things. For sure, I've deleted my Instagram, I think, but <laughs> it's fine, dude. It's still out there, dude. I'm lurking at it right now. Okay, all right. I just deleted the like <laughs> the way to get there on my phone, I guess. Uh, yeah. <laughs> like took off the app left left the left the actual page up yeah yeah you're like too many distractions man distracting you from re- your real life yeah i mean that i mean studying for the lsat that was part of it like i was not yeah dude you gotta stay focused i was not able to focus on anything more than like 10 seconds i'm like maybe if i don't watch 10 second videos all the time that might help yeah those those reels do you in for sure <laughs> yeah Boom, guys. Another one down, wrapping it up. Appreciate you guys for listening. Long one. Hopefully there was some good information there. You got to take home some fucking tips or something. And if not, at least like, you know, know that it's it was long and I hope you like, you know, put it on while you were in the garage and didn't have to rent your loan. But yeah, thanks for listening. Um, I don't know, you know, same rundown as all the other stuff, dude. Check out my put army. Lots of cool events popping up on the calendar. If you guys want to come hang out with us in Richmond, we are going to be having a rally that the Rebel Rousers are throwing. So you're more than welcome to come down and kick it with us. Have a good time. Who knows? You want to fucking hang out and jump on the podcast Sunday when it's over? Like, be feel free to hang if you're going to be staying for the day or something. But yeah, dude, that's it. We're going to wrap it up, dude. Fuck your car. Ride a moped. Bye. So, um, what are your favorite moped sounds? Fuck your car. Ride a moped. I don't know. Like, touch your flower. Is it moving? Like, no, nah, feel free locked up. Sounds like you're fucked, dude. This weird thing. Oh, boy. You can like me when you're little. When you're older, we can't be friends anymore. I'm going to have to be hard on you. But you can like me for now. <laughs>